Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things we've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. And my name is Ruthie. As uh, April has ended and we're now in Ma- May, although we're at the last hours of April as we're recording this. Uh, oh my God. April was kind of like the month of geeks and nerds. Yes, it was. Yeah, and just just to list on things really quick, um, Shazam came out in the beginning of the month, and it was it was actually really good. They released the Rise of the Skywalker trailer for the new Star Wars movie. That was really good. Uh, we currently have like two sci-fi dramas, uh, sci-fi adventure epic dramas. Epic. We have two sci-fi space adventure <laughs> dramas on TV that just went through its second season with Star Trek Discovery and the Orville. Um, we have a live-action Batman that showed up on network TV for like the longest time now with the series finale of Gotham. Uh, Avengers Endgame came out, and obviously that, yes. was, that, that was a huge deal. Uh, Game of Thrones came back in April, and then we finally have The Long Night, which we've been waiting for it for years. Uh, DC Universe, the streaming app, now allows access to 20,000 DC comics. So I can finally read some of those comic books I haven't read before. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Cobra Kai came back. So for me, that's like a big deal as well. And even for the political nerds, they they got to get the Molly report. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, April was the month of geeks in May. Which is kind of ironic because I think I think the uh, National Geek Day or whatever is in May or something like that. But all this geeky stuff happened in April, you know. But but uh, speaking of April. So it was like an early birthday gift. Yeah. Early geek day gift. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, as people have said, like like um, the geeks are kind of ruling the earth right now, and in mm-hmm. some cases that's a positive thing and a negative thing. But uh, so this is like a common thing. Just like April was just kind of like stacked, but every yeah. month has kind of like a lot of geeky stuff. But since we're still talking about April, or at least since I'm still talking about April, I get I get to I get to play this theme song. Where did Albert go now? Where did Albert go now? Albert went to the Kevin and Bean show's April Foolishness, which is their annual uh, stand-up comic show. They essentially have... Oh, no way! Yeah, this is their 11th year doing it. I actually was there the first five years or so. And then when they lost their venue because Harry Potter, uh, Wizard New World, took over, uh, bulldozed the amphitheater that they normally go into, I kind of stopped going. I had to go back this year because um, they prim- I had to go back this year because this was the last year that Bean is going to be on the show. So I, have, I figured I, I should go. Plus not only that, but they also had the the, uh, the Kevin and Bean rap battle. But um, here, just, just to say who the stand-up comics were that, that, that were there, you got, um, they had like an opening act, which is like a local person. It was uh, Jordan Conley. Uh, you got Ray Romano. You got Jamie Lee. Oh, really? Yeah. You got uh, uh, Jamie Lee. You got Eddie Ift, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, uh, Philippe Esparza, and Adam Ray. They were all really good. Uh, I noticed that the the common thread in a lot of their uh, uh, jokes involves parenthood and drugs. Uh, that was the two <laughs> common things that I hear often, quite often. And and to me, actually, it's kind of surprising. I haven't gone to a stand-up comic show in a long time Uh with today's climate in the world where a lot of people get easily offended, I was wondering how stand-up comics are doing because 
the whole point for stand-up comics for a lot of them is to offend people. To speak the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, speak the truth in quotes, but yeah, to essentially they say some stuff that are that can be deemed offensive, right? A lot of the times. So I exactly, make, yeah. it makes you wonder like like if they're gonna tone it down. Based on the show, however, not so much. Not toned down not that much, which is good, you know, because I mean in our show ourselves, we 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 try and be offensive and, and stand out more. We we fail <laughs> we fail at doing that, but but at the same yeah, time, nice. <laughs> yeah, we we fail at that, but at least see, at least make an attempt because <laughs> you know it adds, it adds color to the to the entertainment when you try and say some outrageous things. But <laughs> but yeah, so for the stand up comics, that's what they do. They say outrageous things, but well, that's but, how they get noticed. And yeah. That's how they get their notoriety. Exactly. I mean, they do it really well. We don't. But we try. <laughs> we try. We try to entertain you guys we as try. much as we can. But here, since since um, I did, did Kevin and Bean did do the rap battle. I thought I figured I'll go ahead and play like uh two a verse from Bean and a verse from Kevin, so you guys can hear how that goes. They're not professional rappers, and it's pretty obvious. But I thought they did pretty decent. Here, I'll play right now. Let's do the Kevin and Bean rap battle. <laughs> Joshua, give me a beat, my friend. <laughs> it makes no sense that Kevin has back pain because I've been carrying his <laughs> now for three decades. I've often stared at Kevin and quietly wondered why he has that big a head, yet nothing inside. You thought Boston was a state and kale was fish. There's so much you don't know your whole life's a moment with. I think you know you think you'll win without papers. That's all you need. But how are you going to rap when we all know you can't read? Oh, so they are holding a piece of paper in front of them with their lines because, you know, they're not professional. Kevin Ryder. Joshua, give me a beat. <laughs> For the past 30 years, Bean always made me laugh. Not his jokes, but the fact that he's an autistic psychopath. He tried to act human, but he always fails. He's an adult male who, poo who puts his hair in pigtails. He moved from L.A. to Seattle to New Orleans. It's not easy cleaning blood from all of your crime scenes. But he's got a great wife that's always by his side. I think I speak for everyone when I say, is she blind? Oh, <laughs> Have you ever seen the show, the TV show, Drop the Mic on TNT? Or is it TBS? One of those things. Yeah, it's the one where the celebrity, like celebrities, rap. Yes, and yes. they diss each other. Yes, one, one, one of the yeah. one of the hosts for the Kevin and Bean show, uh, Jensen Carp, is one of the main writers for the for those raps. Oh, yeah. okay. And he's part of the Kevin and Bean show, and so whenever they go like like Josh, you know, that's actually Josh from Drop the Mic. Oh, okay, so they're referring to him. Yeah, no, no, no. He's actually on. He's actually on the stage with them. He's actually oh. doing the beats. With them, because you know, because Jensen. Oh, Clark he is, does. Yeah, it's a, it's the real Josh and the real Jensen Carp from Drop the Mic. They're because you know they're, they're friends, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it was it was a pretty fun night. Um, and now that now that it's in the Microsoft Theater, I think I'm I want I kind of want to go back every year again, like I mm -hmm. like I used to. And yeah, it was it was really fun. It was it was just it was just lots of fun. I mean, I was like crying in tears from laughter and for a lot of the jokes. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. That's always good comedy. Yes, yes, yes. All right. On the 234th episode of this show, we are going to be talking about uh, sellouts. And I'll, I'll, I'll mention what that is, or if you don't know what that is, and I'll mention why I'm even bringing this up on the segment. We are going to do a bunch of like uh, what's going on topics. We actually have, I actually have a 
pretty good amount of news articles here to mention here. And if you look at your podcast player and notice why this this podcast is extremely long, it's because me and Zhao Ming, we did, we did do recording about Avengers Endgame that was like over 90 minutes long. So, so for those of you who haven't seen the movie, you can hold off on that. But for those who have seen the movie, enjoy our long conversation. All right. And now, on with the show. So, at work recently, I, I overheard a conversation that I couldn't ignore in the background, right? It was this guy, this coworker of mine. I would say he's 20-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And he's talking to somebody who was older than me, like 50-ish. And he was talking. He was talking about Star Wars, right? And he was talking about how how back when he was younger, Star Wars Star Wars was cool because because it wasn't like super popular then, right? Like not not everybody knows what Star Wars is. Not everybody. Really? Because, right, 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 right. So you're getting where I'm getting at. He goes, not, there wasn't all this merchandise about Star Wars. There's not all this like new movies and TV shows and and now there's like a team park and and Disney owns it and like that. So I couldn't resist. I kind of just chimed in and go, we're, we're talking about Star Wars here, right? I mean, I mean 20, <laughs> right? 20, 20 years ago, it was hella popular. I mean, 40 years ago, it was hella popular. I mean, you have generations of families who are complete Star Wars nerds. Right, right. Like, like how can you say that it was cooler back then when it's always been cool? It's always been mainstream. It's always been popular. It's always been cool. Right. So so, uh, so he, he continues on. He kind of ignores me a little bit, right? I don't blame him because I just butted into his conversation. And, and, and he's saying all this stuff again. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, right? And and, and, and then he, he, go, he goes on it and speaks some more. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you may as well just say that, that my band was cooler when nobody knew who they were because <laughs> that's essentially <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> right and, and then he tells again a little more I'm like just say Star Wars sold out that's what you're saying right you're saying Star Wars sold out <laughs> and, then, and then he was kind of like he was he didn't he didn't really have an answer for me you know well like, first of all he's like 20 yeah. how did he know how popular it was back in the 70s back in no, the 80s he's talk, he's like talking in the about, early 2000s when he, he was born he's talking about when he was young <laughs> essentially he grew up in the Phantom Menace the, the Attack of the Clones in the in the Revenge of the Sith era that's when he grew up that's when he got to watch Star Wars using through the DVDs and whatnot. that's what he's referring to because remember think about it after the prequels there was literally a lull in Star Wars like the only there fans was, of, the, yeah. the only fans of Star Wars it doesn't Wars, mean it wasn't as it w- still wasn't popular correct it wasn't it, but, did, it didn't mean it went away but yeah but it's like when the prequel when the prequels came out everybody was crazy about Star Wars again like old, all the old fans came out again and then like everything was quiet and then now the movies are out again and that's probably why he's thinking like well it wasn't as popular like no it's always been popular dude yeah, it's always been popular yeah it's like, just that maybe around the time when he was coming into realization that he was a human being. <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh, actually, you know, this is a thing. Or like, maybe it's not around, so maybe it's not as popular. No, it just wasn't around in your formative years, probably. Yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially. But it, it is a very interesting point of view because obviously, I don't have the point of view because I grew up in Star Wars, and for him, he grew up with Star Wars as well, but from a, from a younger perspective. You know, so so for him, that lull after the prequel was him thinking that oh, Star Wars is not as popular anymore, and then it didn't become uh, popular again because uh, Disney bought it. Disney released The Force Awaken, and there's this all big big thing. He doesn't realize that that he may have maybe he was 
too young to notice the fanfare around the prequels because the, the that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like so, maybe in his mind, what what popular means is that everybody's talking about it because it's and it's out in movies, right? Which exactly. is kind of like a very, <laughs> if I may say so, that's a very stupid comparison. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, he's <laughs> he's still young. He doesn't really he doesn't get the context of what he's saying is wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> Star Wars has always been popular. Like and, you remember before the prequels came out, like we all sat down and watched all three, like. The trilogy. Yeah, they re-released it, and we actually went back to theaters to rewatch it. You know. Yeah, so. and then had still had marathons at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it never it was never not popular. As I told him, it's it was never not popular. Like how do you say it was it was only popular? They were just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were just <laughs> gaps in the the release of the movies. Right, right, right. So so oh so th- there's essentially a camp of people who 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 are kind of like trying to be nostalgic and only like the Star Wars before Disney. Right, as you notice, there's a there's a cap in between now. The pre-Disney Star Wars and the post-Disney Star Wars. And <laughs> and I would actually say that Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, might actually be part of that camp. Because he's the guy who's always like talking about how how about the old days of Star Wars. Right? He mm-hmm. he likes the new cast, don't get me wrong. But he kind of got himself in trouble. But because he, he plays around with this on Twitter, like he likes poking poking the stick at the bear of the of the fandom. And mm-hmm. he posted a picture of like the Millennium Falcon with with him, with uh, with Luke Skywalker, with Han Solo, with Leia, and with Lando all all together in the Millennium Falcon, like as their older self kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like Star Wars, what could have been that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And and yeah, that's him. That's him honestly thinking like, oh, it would be great to have to have have a reunion scene on the new movies. I don't disagree. I would have liked to have seen reunion scene, but I understand that it's essentially pandering to myself, right? The story, mm-hmm. th- the story, the movie makers have a story to tell. If it doesn't work for them to do that, then that's on them. It's not on me or whatever. But apparently, Mark Hamill is still kind of a little bitter that that he never gets to have like the, the original crew together in one scene. Aww. And it, it, it did affect. All, and he's been complaining about this for years now. Ever since Force Awakens, he's been complaining about this, right? And I've always wondered, is he joking or does he really feel this way? After five years, I'm thinking he really feels this way. <laughs> so <laughs> of saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. once he if you keep repeating the same thing, after a while it kind of becomes like, so tell us how you really feel. <laughs> right. So so out of out of all the years where people showed him support, like, no, we get it, we understand, we understand. This is the first time that I would say that that the fandom kind of backlashed against him. He's like, like can can you stop? You're like not giving the new people enough credit anymore he's essentially it does seem like he's kind of crapping on the new stuff you know and Mm -hmm. then you got this new generation of people who are growing up on the new stuff and you got Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker kind of crapping on it even if it was a joking way even if it wasn't completely serious the perception is still like why are you crapping on the new stuff are you an yeah. Old, are you a it's hip- the next generation. Yeah. Are you a hipster that's saying Star Wars sold out? <laughs> you know, essentially, <laughs> right? So if if you click on the link I left in the show notes, there's this whole thing where Twitter, the Twitterverse, were kind of like, hey, you know, give them some credit, kind of thing. Uh, and then of course you got some other people who are saying, no, we we're completely we completely agree with you. And of course they're like the older generation. But um, so it's kind of interesting. So the whole subject ended up becoming about sellouts. I thought this whole idea for sellout has kinda kinda went away a little bit. Because it seemed mm-hmm. like in the Instagram era of today, you people want to sell out because they want to be more popular, they want to make more money. It seemed like selling out is the goal for a lot of people nowadays. Don't you think? 
The gold is money. <laughs> right. Like the, the social influencer. That's, they're essentially selling out. Because, I mean, they, they're, they're, they're basically shilling products that they may not even use, but they're doing it anyway because they want to sell out. They want to... They want to they make money. They want to make money. They want to be popular. You know, if that's the business, that's fine. But the whole idea for selling out is that if you sacrifice your artistic integrity just to make money, that's always been the core definition of what selling out means, right? And this has always been... Uh, uh, contentious argument among a lot of music fans because it, it seems like artists are the ones that are always getting crapped on about this, right? Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I know going back to Star Wars, really big, like Marvel president Kevin Feige, you know, he claims he likes Star Wars before it was cool. So it was kind of like my co-workers argument as well. <laughs> right? I put a link in the show notes if you want to read that. But here, I wanted to cover some of the things about selling out because of, uh, like, like in music. Like there's a, there's an article here. I could uh, say this accusatory. The biggest sellouts of the history of music, right? And and I think for this one, this is from the top tens that come. Um, a lot of this, of course, this is a personal list. Nobody this nobody voted on this one. Uh, they have Maroon Five. It seems like the most obvious thing now, I guess, to say they sold out. I guess, and it's really all yeah. And it's really all yeah. Adam Levine. Adam Levine is the one that kind of pushed it to where it is right now. But if you think about it, he's a total it, sellout. Sure, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's whatever. Uh, it's whatever. It's business at the end of the day, right? The only argument I can say about selling out with Maroon 5 is that the first two albums just does have that, that, jazz, that jazz funk kind of, kind of style to it that kind of went away afterwards. It became just pure pop. Um, I'm sure your artists are allowed to, to change their style, but it never seemed like Maroon 5 itself uh, should have changed that style. It seemed like it was Adam Levine's thing, but then it is his band. So arguably, mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that it was number one on this guy's list because I guess it's that popular. But uh, number two is the biggest, uh, is pretty much the biggest band that, that people always say sold out, which Metallica. As a huge Metallica fan, I will argue that they did not sell out. As, as Metallica would say, oh, we sold out. We sold out stadiums, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Metallica is the worst example for people saying they sold out. The reason why is because they always do what they want to do and they don't really care about what the mainstream wants them to do. If mm-hmm. if they if they weren't if they were sellout, they'll do the exact same thing that 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 everybody wants them to do. That's the definition of selling out. If you do the exact same thing, even though their heart isn't in it anymore, but they're actually exactly. they're actually a pretty creative band that tries to want to do different things. You know, sometimes to is to their detriment, but they do try to do different things, and that's not the definition <laughs> of a sellout. Um, Taylor Swift, I will argue in defense of Taylor Swift because her songs have always sounded personal to her, and that's not the definition of selling out. Because if, if you're writing songs for yourself more than, than you are writing for people, that is That's not the difference of selling out. Yeah, right? Yeah, and she never changed her sound. Yeah, she never changed Like, she's evolved her sound, but she never changed it. But, well, I mean, her fans are her fans. She turns out good songs. I like, mean, it's not really being a sellout. I mean, her, her first, She writes her own songs. Her first albums were kind of country-ish, and now they're not, right? But the point is that it well, seems like... It seems like she's you know, more... She's grown up. Well, not only that, but she's, she's, it looks like she's trying. She wants to try. She wants to do music that pleases her. That seems to be my impression. Yeah. Right. It isn't because like, oh, what's popular now? I'm going to try that. Right. Yeah. Uh, not another band here in the list that a lot of people uh, always point as sellouts is Green Day. Just because you're a punk band that got really popular and really rich doesn't mean you're necessarily sold out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you became successful. There's yeah. A difference. You became successful, and and punk bands have always been. Punk bands and metal bands are always the two genres that are, that are always accused of selling out when they become really popular. Uh, and Green Day is one of them. And I, I would argue that no, they're actually, if you look at their album discography, they're pretty varied. And you can really pinpoint 
like an album that's only for a specific generation, which would be part of the definition of selling out, you know. And then and then there's there's several more on the list like Fallout Boy, Lincoln Park, uh, Snoop Dogg, Miley Cyrus, uh, Coldplay. Really, Snoop Dogg? Come that's on. what I mean. <laughs> I mean, so I, I saw this list and I was looking at this like like I'm not sure if any of this is really the definition of selling out. Um, a Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, Fallout Boy. A Fallout Boy has his their style has never changed really. It's either you like That's the music I mean. or you don't, right? Lincoln Park, their style has never really changed that much. You either mm-hmm. like them or you don't. Uh, Snoop Dogg, I mean, it's hip hop. Hip hop. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, hip hop has always been kind of like whatever is popular at the moment, anyway. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you're essentially asking that hip hop is always a selling out. Uh, Miley Cyrus kind of does what she wants. I don't know how you would say that she sells out. Uh, you know, like I would say like she sold out in her early years when she was being um, Hannah Montana for the longest time. Oh, and it sure. turns out maybe like who she is now is like who she who really she, was who she really the whole was. time. Yeah, Hannah Montana that's a, was. That's, and yeah. that's the thing. Like if she was doing Hannah Montana, which wasn't really her and it was an act. Right. Like if she didn't love doing the act anymore and she kept on doing it anyway, that's being, an, that's being a sellout. That's probably what people are gravitating towards. They would probably want Hannah Montana Miley and then they don't realize she was paid to play that role. She was definitely paid to pay that yeah. to do that role. It's, it's when she went like all all like like outrageous is probably who she really was. But at the same time, I think she was just like lashing out at the fact that hey, I'm not a Disney star. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the opposite direction. But that's, yeah. that, that's that's an artistic choice that isn't really selling out. Because if she really wanted sold out, she wouldn't have gone that direction. She would have just done what everybody wanted her to do. Eminem, um, I don't think so. I I would argue that his stuff is his stuff. I don't yeah. see him really catering to what's popular nowadays. Now, he never changed his sound. He never changed his style. Right. He's changed, like, as far as, like, evolving, too. But not, I wouldn't say, like, he sold out. Yep. yep. Yeah, so the, the list goes on and on. The only one I, the only one that I think the band himself will agree is Kiss. Because Kiss has always said that he wanted, they, they, their purpose was to sell out. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Gene Simmons will argue, yes, we want to sell more stuff. What do you want to hear? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so. Well, to do a hypothetical sellout, uh, in A Star is Born, like who she was as a grungy artist, soulful right. singer, and then became like a pop singer because like all this opportunities was being thrown at her and they were controlling her look. They were controlling how she danced. They were controlling, um, how she did her hair, how she sang her songs, which was completely different from how she actually uh, created Correct. her songs. That's being a sell. That's a definition of being a sell. Correct. Now here's here's the problem with that. That was my first. That was my same reaction as well. Mm. We're gonna have to blame uh, Bradley Cooper for directing this because apparently the, the, that was not their intention. Apparently, what to make her look like a Sella? Like she yes. was meant to be a pop star? Apparently, she's supposed to have like actually liked doing those songs and 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 be poppy kind of thing. Because the, the whole argument is that why are you trying to change what I like to do? Because the, mm-hmm. the, the the team of the the team of that 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 plot line was that. Oh, oh I guess some slight spoilers for for a Star Is Born. Uh, you know, a movie that's been around for ages in previous versions. <laughs> but the the whole point there was that she gets popular. She does this thing. That's what she likes to do. And then people are telling her, hey, don't go that direction. That's not, that's not who you are. And but that it's her choice. That was supposed to be the theme of that plot line. And for us, watching this thing, like, oh, she sold out. What, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> so I think that is Bradley <laughs> Cooper's fault as a director for not conveying, hey, she didn't really sell out. This is actually what she wants to do. I never got really? that impression. Really? I did not get yeah, that. <laughs> I never got that impression. Because when, when I read the article and they go, yeah, that, 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 that isn't a parody song. That's supposed to actually sound good. I'm like, really? What? 
Really? Really though? Yeah, yeah. Because she sounded like a soulful singer. Right. Not like, you never saw her trying to dance. You never saw her trying to make any, you know, dance moves and and like dress up all crazy. Except for maybe the the, the drag show. Yeah. But that was also like a soulful performance. It wasn't like a pop star performance. Yeah. So it's it's weird that that they're saying, yeah, people got the impression wrong for what we were trying to do there. Yeah. But then I guess you kind of failed there. Mm. So so there we go. (laughs) And to uh, close off this segment, I'll, I'll play the song Sellout by... Real big fish. As of this recording, it's currently 2.45 a.m. on May 1st in Belfast, Ireland. And... Oh, it's May Day. Um, it's time we take a look and see what's going on then. And if you guys are wondering why we chose Belfast, Ireland, because that is the place where they shot... Well, nearby is where they shot the Battle of Winterfell in Game of Thrones. So no spoilers here. No spoilers here for Game of Thrones. But I suppose, no surprise, but after Season 8, Episode 3 of Game of Thrones... Certain misguided people online are complaining and calling Arya Stark a Mary Sue. Oh, come on. That okay. was awesome. Yeah. So, what she did. Wait, 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 wait. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, Not saying any spoilers. Now, now, this is a topic that I can go on and on about. So we will revisit this topic about Mary Sue again in the near future. However, if you want to listen to what I said way back in episode 63 when I attempted to cover this topic, feel free. I'll leave it in the show notes or just... You know, look it up on the website. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but speaking of Game of Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones cinematographer addresses complaints that this season has been too dark to watch. And by too dark, we don't mean the subject matter, as in like visually. Do you have the same experience? Because I don't. I didn't. Okay. So maybe it's other people dead. <laughs> Cause, cause, uh, <laughs> maybe your TVs were too dark. Well, Set it to dynamic. <laughs> okay. So, so a lot of people say, oh, your TV isn't good enough. Well, here's the thing, though. HBO is only streaming in HD. They're not even doing 4K or, or HDR. So you, nobody can really point to that as the main problem. Uh, the cinematographer said they wanted, to sh- they wanted to make it a realistic night shot so that if it's, if it's, in, if it's nighttime, it's nighttime. Right? It's nighttime. So yeah. I, I think and I the, got that feeling. It's nighttime. Right. So here's the thing. I watch Game of Thrones in the dark, like a like a cinema like a like a movie theater. Do you do mm. the same? No, I usually keep um one lamp on behind the TV so it's not too straining on my eyes. Okay. Um because people have said that that was the way I do it is the best way to watch it because it's dark. It's dark scenes. So so it looks it looks better in the dark for obvious reason. And yeah, I mean that's people, why we watch movies in the dark. People are saying that if there is a if there is like light in the room when you're watching <clears> Game of Thrones, especially this this season, it will make the dark scenes darker because the light is kind of reflecting off it a little bit, and that might be the reason why people are saying it's too dark. Because you hear these complaints, we've been I've been hearing this, I've been seeing these complaints every week now. Like people, oh, it's too dark, it's too dark, I can't see what's going on, kind of thing. So it's kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, I don't have the problem. You don't have the problem. I think Jamming even said he doesn't have the problem. So yeah, but apparently it's enough of a phenomenon that they had to address it. <laughs> I mean, it's not as dark as um, the adventure, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Like that, 
That show is dark. Really? Because that, that, that is shot in 4K HDR. So the, the color should pop. <laughs> I mean, no, you can... It's not like it's just... It's not like it's... This, the, the picture is bad. The pictures are good. It's just like... It's just so dark. Everything is set in the dark. And like, it really feels like you have to watch it like late at night. And it's like completely pitch black. So you could just see everything. Because like, there were a few times when I tried to change the setting so many times. And I'm just like, why is it so damn dark? Wow. You know, I don't have that problem either. Because I guess in my case. Not with Sabrina? Not with Sabrina either. I, I guess maybe in that case, I would say it's probably the TV. I have a good TV. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what kind of TV do you have? I have a Vizio. <laughs> Vizio is just like a typical Vizio. It's, this is technically a budget TV, but it's like a. It is. Yeah. It is a, it's like yeah, a f- I freaking well. I guess my my Samsung is a budget Samsung. But that's the thing, though. It, Samsung makes good quality. Wait, is yours uh 4K HDR or whatever? 4K UHD, yeah. No, no. Well, UHD is 4K, but you don't have HD. Oh, you don't have HDR, high def, high density resolution or whatever it's called. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, maybe, maybe maybe that's the difference. I don't know. Maybe that's the difference. Because HDR... I bought this like four years ago now in 2015. So I probably don't have it. HDR came out two years ago in TV for, for most yeah, TVs. Yeah, so that explains yeah. it. The HDR is supposed to be where the colors pop. You know, Dolby Vision, that kind of thing. But mm. besides the point, I'm moving back to the topic here. Um, also, another complaint a lot of people got... Well, not really a complaint. This is from the from military experts. Military experts um, <laughs> I read about that, yeah. <laughs> are, are criticizing are criticizing how the battle plan went in the Battle of Winterfell. So I mean <laughs> So if you want to go ahead and click on the links on the show notes, you can read what they said. Uh, but speaking of complaints, I remember the discussion we had weeks ago about Steven Spielberg complaining about like, oh, Netflix shouldn't be able to release movie and Oscars, blah 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 blah. Well, mm-hmm. the Academy of Motion Picture and Arts and Sciences voted against Spielberg's attempt to change the eligibility requirements that would negatively affect streaming services. So Spielberg, <laughs> take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Equal opportunity for all plat- uh, platforms for film. Right, and now he's saying, but but my battle with Netflix isn't as bad as people are making out to be. You know, I actually mm-hmm. like Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wish that more... To- Trying to keep them from participating in in, uh, in entering their films into the Oscars is not a battle. Yeah, exactly, right? You it's go- not being bad. So, so, so to quote him here in this article, I want people to find their entertainment in any form or fashion that suits them. Yeah, that wasn't what you said last time. Uh, big screen, small screen, what really matters to me is a great story and everyone should have access to great stories. Yeah, that's what we were telling you. And he goes... That's not what he said too in the yeah. beginning. <laughs> and he goes here, however, I feel people need to have the opportunity to leave the safe and familiar of their lives and go to a place where they can sit in the company of others and have a shared experience. Cry together, laugh together, be afraid together so that when it's over, they might feel a little less like strangers. I want to see the survival of movies theaters i want the theatrical experience to remain relevant in our culture i'm sorry spielberg i don't imagine you ever going to a movie theater to watch your movies you probably have exactly. like your own private cinema at home okay yeah exactly with 20 seats for 20 of his closest friends and family exactly so so yeah yeah as much as like your yeah, movie spielberg also yeah also for people like me like Nobody got time for that. I can't go to the movies every weekend. <laughs> right, right, right. Like I end up watching more movies on on Netflix or just on my TV here at home, cuddled up with my significant other, and then you know just Netflix and watch movies. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I end up watching more movies than if I just went somewhere, wasted two hours 
well, not wasted. It's not a waste. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> because for me, like, unlike you guys, like you get, you get to just drive to the movie theater. You get to park. Like for us, like you have to park. It's a nightmare. You have to take the subway going there. It's a nightmare. So it, like already takes out five hours out of your entire afternoon or evening mm-hmm. just to get, get there, watch the show, uh, watch the movie, get something to eat afterwards. And, you know, yeah, it's like a whole regalia here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Spielberg, uh, Netflix released a movie, a quiet uh, subtitled movie called Roma. You released last year uh, a, a huge giant v- uh, CGI spectacle about virtual reality. So, so who's, I'm not sure if you should be, you should really be saying stuff like this. But speaking of that guy who happened to have made that movie about virtual reality gaming, there was apparently a man who spent 24 hours inside Minecraft VR. Oh my God. Yeah. And he took like uh, three hour naps during the 24 hour days with his VR goggles on him, with his headphones on. So he never actually left the game. Oh my god! Yeah, now I, I I'm not a player of Minecraft, but for what I understand, the day moves a lot faster in in Minecraft. So so even though he only spent 24 hours in real life in the game itself, he 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 spent days in it technically by the Minecraft standard. And supposedly, okay. according to him, he was a little disoriented by the time he got out. Like like the day is going slower than normal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you fully immerse yourself for. 24 hours, 24 I can hours. imagine that happening. Yeah, it is, it is an interesting uh, experiment, though, because this is something that you can totally imagine being a more common thing, maybe 5 to 10, 20 years down the line. This might be a regular thing. People will just like, I'm going to go to the other world in my VR headset kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. just like in Black Mirror, yeah. which is on Netflix. Which is on Netflix, Spielberg. Booyah. <laughs> but yeah, so games, <laughs> games of the future will just be a VR experience you just jump into. Speaking of games... Uh, Jeopardy contestants apparently are now not allowed to bet $69 on Final <laughs> Jeopardy. Nice. <laughs> what did Jeopardy go bankrupt after that <laughs> that player? <laughs> no, I, I guess I guess it's more it's I guess it's really more of a case where where they just, you know, they want to be once again the whole politically correct thing even above. So I guess you can't bet 69. Nice. You know, so <laughs> oh my god. So apparently the the other numbers that you're not allowed to bet, because apparently six, 69 is one of them. And there's like five, there's like four other numbers, I think. What, like 420? 420 actually was not. Is actually really? not off the table. Yeah. So the other four numbers apparently are 666, which I guess is kind of mm. obvious because it's devil. Yeah. Ugh, devil. And then you got the, <laughs> the number of the beast. That's the part where I'm supposed to play Iron Maiden. But anyways, and the other three <laughs> numbers is 1488, 1488, which apparently is neo-Nazi propaganda. 1488. 1488 and 1488. I don't but know what that means. 88 in Chinese, for Chinese is lucky. Yeah, it's lucky. So that's weird. Um, I never Googled to see why this is a Nazi, neo-Nazi propaganda. I don't really feel like I want to I want to go and Google and, <laughs> and Google neo-Nazi 1488. Like, There's nah. probably some numerology propaganda thing. I guess. Blah, or blah, or blah. something else. I don't know. But yeah. No more, no 69 in, in Final Jeopardy. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of money, uh, <laughs> Cinemia says it's under pending FTC investigation and files for bankruptcy, essentially calling <laughs> it quits on their movie theater subscription service. So once Bastards. again, yeah, yeah. And apparently, I've, I've been saying it wrong. It's not Cinemia. It's supposed to be like Cinemia or something like that. 
Who cares? You're out of business. This is what happens. Exactly. No this one's is... going to care anymore once you're done with bankruptcy. This is what, this is what happens when you <laughs> screw with me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not my fault. But um, yeah, I mean, this, this is there's another example of, of how that movie theater subscription service just is not sustainable unless you have deals with the movie theaters themselves. Mm-hmm. And and, and with, even with saying this, Movie Pass is still in business, so so they must be doing something right on their end to stay in business, right. unless they're just like borrowing money left and right to stay afloat. But I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, wasn't, wasn't that what kind of, that they were been kind yeah. of doing? And then and Cinemia actually even put themselves up like like oh we're the better choice over Movie Pass. You know they they were like bragging about how oh we're more sustainable than Movie Pass. You know they were they were they were the ones really that were now. they were the ones that were fighting against Movie Pass. You know like like we're better. You know but but who was defeated? Cinemia. Speaking of getting defeated, uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. The, there was apparently a guy in Hong Kong who got out of his screening and started yelling out spoilers to the people yeah. who who were going in after him. Next what thing, an next idiot. thing you know, next thing you know, you see him off to the side, all bloody and beaten. <laughs> now, now I, I don't, I don't condone violence. But if you're gonna be an asshole like that, then I do. <laughs> then, then, then don't be surprised if this might happen to you. Okay, this is what, this is what I'm saying. If you were nice. You wouldn't have gotten beaten up, so there. Um, if you weren't just an asshole, yes, you and, wouldn't have gotten bloodied up. Yeah, but but it, since you wanted to be, well, can't really say I blame anybody else but you, dude. Yeah, and and while we're on the topic here, now now now, what what this guy, where the guy from Hong Kong was purposely being an asshole, you got also some kind of ignorance going on here by uh, NFL football player LeSean McCoy, I think from Buffalo Bills. Am I right about that? The Bills? No idea who that is. Okay, anyways. He draws fire <laughs> for tweeting Avengers Endgame spoilers. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm assuming he didn't know, he didn't know that, 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 that he wasn't supposed to do that. So, so I mean. Really? I mean, Twitter. That's just rude. I mean, if you rude. watched on opening weekend and you know that half the people out there still haven't seen it, but you're half. tweeting about <laughs> it, like you're an asshole. Yeah, it's true, but or I mean, an idiot. Twitter itself is debatable because Twitter has always been like like real time feed. You know, say whatever you want to say. Uh, so it's debatable whether whether you, you should really avoid spoilers. I think it's more like a courtesy to not do spoilers. But at the same time, that's kind of what Twitter's made for. Like if you're talking Facebook, that one you're supposed to like not do that. But for Twitter, which is supposed to be like a real time thing, like when people are watching TV and they're live tweeting with their reactions, those are technically mm-hmm. spoilers. So it's part of the platform. So I mean, I'm I'm assuming that's what happened with him. He just thought it was okay because it's Twitter. But little didn't know there's like now there's like uh, a change.org campaign or whatever telling him to 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 terminate his contract or something like that. So it's a little ridiculous. It's a little <laughs> okay, ridiculous. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, it's a little this ridiculous. Just, this is just a film faux pas. Like yeah. he he gave spoilers out. Yeah, but but speaking of Avengers Endgame, and Endgame did make all the money in the world, breaking all the records out there. Blah 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 blah. It made until Aladdin comes out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it made uh, 1.22 billion dollars in its opening weekend worldwide. So that's really impressive. Opening weekend was like 340 or 50, and the previous record was like 280 something, which was Infinity War. So yeah, Endgame. Speaking of Endgame, we are going to be me and Jamming are going to be doing our discussion of Endgame coming up very soon. Um, and that's what's going on, yeah. Before we talk about Avengers Endgame, 
uh, Ruti, where can we find you online? You can hold on. <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> you, get you, you, get you, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Grace13 for DIY pics, travel pics, food pics, cat pics, and other random pics. You can also find me on b.entwine for event designs, planning, birthdays, baby showers, gender reveals, bridal showers, weddings, and other party design needs. And this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. You can, so, you can find me on the uh, I Saw Movie blog for my non-spoilers movie review uh, on the Extra Stuff, Extra Support podcast, as well as the weekly comic strip that I do with Lewis. Uh, this week, we actually did, or I actually did the uh, Avengers and Game of Thrones comic strip. Uh, I put the link on there or go to the website. Take it out. It's it pretty much it is a play on the whole uh how many people actually do watch Endgame or Game of Thrones. Take a look at it. It's on there. Uh if you want to send us email, send it to whowhatworsewhy at gmail.com. If you want to leave a quick comment, leave it at our Instagram page, our Facebook page, or on the website itself. If you want to show your support, head over to whowhatworsewhy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworsewhy.com. All right, Ruti, I guess this is it for you tonight. Uh, I think I wanted this this first part to be shorter, but it turned out to be not, not so short. But, <laughs> but yeah. It wasn't so bad. Yeah, so I'm so Ruti, have a good night. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the uh, pre-recorded recording I did a few days ago with Zhao Meng about Avengers Endgame. There were some stuff that we didn't have the knowledge of at a particular time, which I already have mentioned in the what's going on segment. So if you cover something and and in that discussion that I already answered prior to the discussion, well, that's the reason why. Yeah, I just confused okay. myself. <laughs> well, I hope people liked my Irish accent. I've tried really hard, you know? You tried really hard. You should have gone like this. Except, <laughs> except you can't sound like a leprechaun. <laughs> That's just clearly offensive, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're back on the show. We had our movie correspondent, John May. Hey, now. Hey, uh, before we continue, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U. And now we're going to do our non-spoilers, non-spoilers, no-spoilers uh, impressions of Avengers Endgame. You know what? I have a spoiler for you. At the end of this movie, they all get snapped. Half the universe dies. You do realize wait, wait, that sorry, you do realize that as she just said that, somebody probably pressed pause in the podcast <laughs> thinking you really are going to spoil it. Okay? Oh, wait. Hold on a second. That was, that was for the Infinity War. Infinity War. Well, obviously, spoilers for Infinity War. <laughs> but, but no spoilers. No force for Avengers Endgame impressions before i continue maybe we should ask google to, for the listeners like oh here we go what is the plot summary of the movie avengers endgame here's the synopsis of avengers endgame adrift in space with no food or water tony stark sends a message to pepper Potts as his oxygen supply starts to dwindle meanwhile the remaining avengers thor black widow captain america and bruce banner must figure out a way to bring back their vanquished allies for an epic showdown with thanos the evil demigod who decimated the planet and the universe Huh. Well, there you go. Google, Google's not wrong. Google is not wrong. That is a synopsis. That is the At, huh? opening plot summary. Uh-huh. Jamie. And also, oh, it's good. It's a great movie. It's just a great movie. It's a really, really, it's a really funny movie. That's the one thing I was surprised about. It's very hilarious. It's very funny. It's very, what do you call it, character-driven and stuff like that. And it's, and the la- and it's just, I'll just put it out there. The last half, the last hour of this movie is just incredible. It's just, it's mind-boggling how good it is. And stuff like that. It's a great payoff to 
you thought you needed to watch the previous 20 some odd movies to to watch uh infinity war you really really need to see the previous like 20 Two twenty-three, whatever it is. These are the twenty-second movies. So yeah, 21, yeah, 21 movies before this to get the full impact, a full, uh, a full emotion of of this one. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, I thought the movie like you didn't use the words because, but you use it in your know, in your text message towards me. This is oh, yeah. a love letter tribute to the MCU. Yeah. So going into this movie, if you're thinking that. You're going to find a lot of Easter eggs and all stuff. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like Jambi said, uh, it's a really great movie. And it actually takes advantage of the three hours properly. Yeah. All right. So let's Could've go been ahead. Could have been longer. Could have been longer. I would say Could have been longer. I, could, I would say another hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have also yeah, stayed for another hour. Sure. I was like, hey, at the end of the day, let's just keep going, guys. Let's just keep going. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, yes. But, but, but we'll, we'll tell you in the spoiler section why the three hours was properly used. Yeah. But before, so let's go ahead and play the spoiler steam music. This is a new one I created. It's extra long just to make sure oh, that you guys know that oh, you poor we do have like spoilers coming up. So here we go. Hit fast forward. <laughs> Here's your warning. It's time for spoilers talk. If you don't want that, then go and just take a walk. Spoiling a movie or TV show. Don't come crying to us if we for what you don't know. A movie. A TV show. What you don't know. You can warn. If you're not down. Then just go. Spoilers. It's spoilers, please. Spoilers. It's spoilers, please. All right, so here we go. You're being amply warm. This is spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Avengers Endgame. And by the way, by the time people listen to this, everybody, everybody would have seen it, man. It's going to make like 300, I think it's going to make uh, 350 million box. Everybody, everybody's going to now have seen it. They, they're going to be like me. They're going to see it twice. Uh, for the record, we are recording this on the 27th. Oh, uh, the day after the the world premiere, not world premiere, the day Opening before, weekend. the day before Superhero Day, National Superhero Day, oh, which is the twenty eighth. Oh, okay. So, but by the time you listen to this, those days have already passed. Mm-hmm. So, no, we do not have the final box office numbers. Uh, but I do know opening night they made sixty million on opening night alone. That, that, and when you say that's opening domestic. night, that's that's starting at five p.m. You know what I mean? Right. Five p.m. to on the know, Thursday, the twenty fifth. Cr- crazy. That's crazy. 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 It's insane. Yeah. The pre- what was the previous record? I don't know. I think it was like uh, 39 or something like that for The Force Awakens. And the thing with it, it, it's going to get compared a lot to the opening weekend of Force Awakens. But keep in mind, Force Awakens opened in during the holiday season. People were out of, out of school. People were taking time off from work and stuff like that. It was no, during it the, is Christmas. Easter week. Come on. Kind of. It's not really comparable, though. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, 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 in, it's incredible how much money this, is, this movie's going to make. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so go ahead, Mr. Movie Correspondent Guy. Uh, thoughts. Spoilers thoughts for Avengers. So many thoughts. So many many thoughts. thoughts. So many thoughts. Like like you said, repeating what I said. It's literally a love letter to the MCU. When we review these comic book movies, like we when we talked about uh, Spider Verse, it's like a a love letter to comic books, the comic book character. But this is a love letter to the MCU. The previous twenty two, twenty one movies and stuff like that. This so this movie is so packed with so many references 
to it, and not just like little winks or little like hey, hey Easter eggs and stuff like that. They're talking about we're talking, talking about character arcs. We're talking about themes and stuff like that, and it's all rolled and it's all played out in this movie. It's 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 incredible. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. I just got a message here. Is Fat Thor gonna be in Guardians Three? <laughs> I think Fat Thor's gonna be Guardians Three. I, I think so. I think it's written. I think it's written in. So you're saying James Gunn knew in advance that yes. he was gonna be Fat Thor? I think so. Yeah. Well, because he read the scripts, he read all the. He wrote. He he, he helped co-write some of the Guardians line, as far as I know. But yeah, he, I think Fat Thor is in uh, Guardians Galaxy Three. Is that is that what people are calling him now, Fat Thor? That's what. Well, very. Kind of, <laughs> it's not very PC, is it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is kind of funny though. But before we go to that plot thing, yeah, um, yeah, I thought I thought this. What I liked about this movie was that it wasn't like a repeat of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. The main, the main people, I think people assume it was just gonna be like Infinity War again, mm-hmm. where it's just action sequence after action sequence. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it pays a lot of time on small small character yeah. moments. If anything else, I would say half the movie are small character moments, mm-hmm. and it in that part of it is paying off to to the twenty one previous movies that you've mm-hmm. seen in the MCU. I think the I think Kevin Feige, his biggest, his biggest, uh, his greatest achievement or quality, or the the thing I like most about it is his patience and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You because you would think coming off of Infinity War, yeah, it would be a, a nonstop action yeah. kind of thing, bigger and, and bolder, right? Bigger, bigger, bolder, yeah. bigger, more explosions, more of this and stuff like that. No, like the first two hour, the first two hours of this movie, there's not that many, there barely any action sequences and stuff like that. If there are, they're not like big, you know set pieces and stuff like that right. you know what i mean and yeah so it is all about character the first two hours and it's all set up for the last hour of this movie and stuff like that. yeah you're yeah. right by, by, by comparison the opening for infinity war was an action set piece slaughter where thanos kills a bunch of people mm-hmm. and the opening for endgame is a quiet yeah uh piece where thanos killed a bunch of people yeah. you know and, and it was just like a very quiet moment with hawkeye with the hawkeye's family by the way didn't realize it till now but yeah he was never called hawkeye in the, in the series yeah this actually, is the first time you hear the word Hawkeye coming from anybody's mouth. And how was your uh, reaction, the crowd reaction to that scene? The, I've seen it twice. The f- each time, the, the even you know, for, I think for most of my, people knew it was going to come. Right. But when that snap happens, when that daughter disappears, the people in, in my crowd were like, <gasps> gasped. Oh, oh, there, oh. there were some people in my, in my audience that were kind of like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. ha- I, you and I are both kind of com- we're comic book guys. We're pre- and we're also movie guys. We're pretty savvy. We knew it was going to come up. Yeah. Happens. Like, even, but I was like, oh yeah. Oh my God. Even I was, I was moved by it and stuff. It's a great opening. It's, it's a movie. It is. It is. And it, it, it sets a, it sets a tone for the first half of the movie where mm-hmm. it, it really was uh, the Avengers uh, lamenting the fact that they lost all these people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, it was, it was even more like uh, punctuated the fact that by the time they get to Thanos and actually even kill him, mm-hmm. they had no solution to bring anybody back. Yeah, and I, that that to me, I think was the biggest twist, one of the biggest twists in the movie because everybody assumed like, well, I, I guess they're gonna go here first. Yeah, but then you expected them to win somehow. Yeah, well, for me, based on the trailers, based on the commercials, I thought. They were yeah they were gonna go after Thanos but I didn't know the conclusion of that first fight with Thanos that first yeah. conversation Does he would count be, as a fight yeah it would be a de- decapitation they just they just killed him like pretty easily and stuff yeah, like that it was essentially what would what should have happened in the one planet 
mm-hmm. with Doctor Strange and yeah. be- before Star Lord screwed it up. Yeah, but to be but to be fair, they won this fight with Thanos because he, Thanos was uh, emaciated. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wasn't like to fight back anyway. Yeah, he, he couldn't like, fight back. He he didn't have an arm and stuff like that. He, well, I mean, he didn't he have an arm because Thor cut. Was it Thor to cut it off? I think Thor cut off. Right. So. Uh, everybody held him down. They kind of like uh, like a WrestleMania kind of situation where it would cut, uh, and then they held, him, and then then Thor cut his arm, then cut his hands off too, right? His his head off, right? It was great. It it, it was good in the sense that that it was a surprise that it ended that quick, mm-hmm. and it was just like in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, after the Hawkeye sequence, they did a bunch of things that really threw me off balance. First right. of all, the end scene of uh, the mid credit scene. The mid credit scene in Captain Marvel doesn't yeah, show up. Doesn't show I, up. It, it, yeah. I think it got cut out and stuff. I think they that's they filmed that as a legitimate scene, but they I think they cut it out. I, I think I I think I know why. But anyway, uh, think you know why? Uh, no, yeah, because it because the I think what happened in the original script is Captain Marvel in, shows up. They talk a little bit. They get a signal from Tony, right? And then she goes out and finds him. You know what I mean? Okay. And then brings him back. So I think in this cut, it because you can tell by the beard. And then in between her going to space and finding uh, Captain America, he shaves and stuff like that. So he, she finds him, and then he, she brings him back. But to save time, the easiest way is just cut to the part where she gets, she, yeah, she, she gets him from space and brings him down and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That is true. I mean, after the Hawkeye scene, they could have cut to the pager scene. Right. They could have, and then and then and then they get the message from Tony. Cut to the title sequence, mm-hmm. and then you, you then you cut to Tony Stark. Also, I think you would have two similar scenes that repeat themselves because at, at one point the, uh, uh, they would have to tell Captain Marvel what happened with Thanos, and then when Tony comes back with Captain Marvel, she, they would have to explain to Tony like they're part of the fight and stuff like that. So it's kind of repeating themselves. So it's, it's cleaner this way. So yeah. anyway, the, the, the other thing they also did include is like a, a proper well proper proper in quotes uh, reunion between uh, Tony Stark and and Steve Rogers. I think I I I like their 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 there was no there was no like camera like like a, a beat where you see them look at each other oh, yeah, realizing yeah. like hey uh we weren't on speaking terms for a while yeah. but now here we are. Well, that's because I th- that's the other, this uh, it, that brings me up to the next thing that surprised me about the first 20 minutes. Uh Tony Stark is effed up. He's emaciated, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Like, I I didn't know that I was going to I don't do even that. know the CG or or that's what. Cra- I think it's I think it's a little CG. It's got to be CG. He's not that skinny and stuff. That's crazy. And then he but the thing is they didn't have that thing that glances up cuz Tony Stark is out of his mind at that at at that point, right? So it's it's a great I I I thought that really threw me off. That threw me off and like I said and getting Thanos getting decapitated really threw me off the first 20 minutes. I I, I thought it's a great way to introduce a film. You know, it's great. Uh is that was is decapitated the word? Yeah, it is decapitated. Yeah, decapitated. amputated. He was amputated and decapitated. He got he got, he got effed up, man. <laughs> he got effed up. He got the Star Wars treatment with the losing the arm, and then he got the Game of Thrones with the head and stuff like that. Yeah, but talk about a villain's move. Like he destroyed the stones, knowing the fact that hey, if they wanted to change change what happened, they need the stones. So I must well destroy it now. Yeah, but also, <laughs> uh, uh, but the, his other reason is is t- is temptation too. Right. He thought he might he might use the stone to do something else. You know yeah. what I mean? Or something like that. It's, he's really living up to the whole. Like like he's he thinks he's the hero even mm-hmm. though we all think he's the villain. He is one of just one of the great villains of all time. It's just fantastic. Yep. It's just fantastic writing, fantastic the uh, uh, character and stuff like that. And I like I like how they had uh, Jim Starlin do a cameo in that in that uh, yeah. in that uh, therapy group. Therapy group. You know? yeah. And Jim Starlin, if you guys don't know, he, he wrote the Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet and all that stuff. Yeah, he cr- uh, he co-created Thanos. Thanos, and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, oh, yeah, good yeah. stuff, man. And not only yeah. that, but uh, was it Joe or or? I don't ask me. One of the Russo brothers also guest starred in. The, right, the he's guest starred in all of their uh, Marvel movies and stuff like that. Yep, he yep. played the doctor that saved uh, Dick Fury. He played the 
the psychiatrist that got killed by uh, Bucky. And since we're doing cameos, uh, we also did added more of the the community cast into uh-huh. his series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Jeong, Ken security Jung. guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole. Yvette Brown. Yvette Brown. That's yeah. the uh, shield agent person mm-hmm. thingy. So yeah, uh, a lot of cameos. Let's, let's talk about cameos real quick. Yeah. So so the biggest cameo that a lot of people think of, well, obviously. Um, so many. So many cameos. So many. So, many. so, mm-hmm. so uh, you got you got the ancient one showing coming back yes. up. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was like, uh, did you see any leak that this happens? No idea. Clearly, they must have shot with just those two two actors. Maybe not. Maybe not even any of the other actors even knows yeah. what happened. That makes sense because right. I think it's they obviously didn't shoot on rooftops in New York. It's just green screen, right? Right. So it's yeah, it's just the, those two actors. So yeah, that's how they must have prevented it. Right. You would think actually, you would think the one that would get leaked is maybe the Robert Redford one because there's a lot of extras yes, in that scene. Right? Extras in the scene. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm watching. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, oh my god, that's Robert Redford. Yeah, they, they brought him back. And, they, oh and this is okay. Admittedly, they shot this movie in 2017. Right. right? And Rob Reverend officially announced his retirement of acting right. last year in 2018. <laughs> so it felt almost like, wait, they brought him back for it? Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Before that. yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's just fantastic. It's fantastic. I just love how this movie, again, it goes back to what we said earlier. The movie folds back in on itself based on the other 20-some-odd movies. It's just incredible. It's just incredible how they... It reminded me of the last few scenes of Lost. You remember Lost? Oh, yes. Went okay. back through its own timeline and stuff like that. But then they... In this one, it is sort of the same thing. It's it's just incredible and stuff like that. What what else? I don't think. Do you think Natalie Portman actually shot new footage? Because I don't think she did. She was in the premiere though. She was premiere, but as sort of like, hey, I'm here. Hey. So the, the rumor is, well, that's the rumor. The the speculation is that that scene was just cut from uh, Thor in Dark World. Right. But maybe she really did film. I that. think it's a, I think it's a cut scene. I know. I, I think it's unused the, footage. Or I I think there is a scene where she gets out of bed just from a different angle. So I think it's they just. I think it's, this, it's that scene, but it's from a different angle. Yeah. I don't think she shot new footage. Maybe that's the compromise. They probably, they probably, they probably, they probably told her, hey, by the way, we're going to use unused footage of yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you want to show up... Well, she is credited, though. I, th- I thought you she have to be credited in the movie yeah. if you're actually in the movie. Because I thought if you would get Natalie Portman back for for something, you would do more with her. You know what I mean? Plus, yeah. Wouldn't this finish her contract? Because didn't she say that she had one more, one more movie in her contract? And yeah. they, never, they never asked her back anyway? Yeah. I so think this so. might be that one asking I mean, you back. But the thing is, Marvel are... <laughs> They're actually pretty cool about, if you, hey, if you don't want to come and play, you don't have to come and play. Because what's his name? Red Skull has in his contract to come back, but they never cashed that. They never forced him to Because he back. never wanted to come back. Yeah. But, the thing is, yeah. but he, I'm sure he was on the contract too, but he, but they never forced him to come back. And oh, true. So, so they, they wouldn't force him not permanent either. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. And also, I think Kevin Feige, they've kind of alluded to the fact that they have a lot of regrets with the first two Thor movies. I think right, the whole thing with Natalie Portman, it, it, the Jane Foster thing never really worked out. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean it's a comic book thing. Yeah, they do end up in they, they, there's a whole Jane Foster thing in the comic book, and it would be great to use Jane Foster as, as a, the female Thor. And all right, stuff. exactly. If they but get, it, it looks like that's not going to happen yeah. at all. If they if they can get there, then it would be worth giving Natalie Portman. But but the, their whole thing never really worked and stuff like that. Thor three sort of rebooted it. It's fine and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. speaking speaking of Thor three rebooting things, so they, I guess the MCU has completely embraced comedy Thor. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so that this is his persona now. He is comedy Thor. Yeah, and, but the thing is, it's not supposed. To, I don't know. I, I have I have mixed feelings about uh, Fat Thor, uh, PTSD Thor, and stuff like that. Oh, I, PTSD, I completely get. Yeah, I get that part. Yeah, but but the Fat Thor thing. Uh, I get when I saw it. I didn't see it coming, but I do. I do get why that happened that way. Yeah. 
But I, when I first saw it, here, I'll go through my whole emotion of uh, Fat Thor and stuff like that. I thought it was kind of, first time Is I saw Is that really it, what people are calling it online? I'm Fat Thor? See, I'm, now I'm doing it as a group. Is it a hashtag Fat Thor? It's, it's kind of mean. <laughs> but I think when I first saw it, I was kind of uncomfortable with it. It is very mean-spirited, all the fat jokes I was throwing at him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And there are people with body image issues and stuff like that. I think you should take you know that sort of thing kind of seriously. Or like you can take the reverse and then uh, people with the beard bed as you go... Hey, I can play Thor for Halloween now. Yeah. But also at the same time, I also, I also just aesthetically, I thought the the, the fat suit wasn't really very convincing and stuff like that. Okay. And the beard wasn't convincing. Just aesthetically, there was actually a lot of that in the movie too. There were some, there were some Professor Hulk stuff that that didn't look that convincing either. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was a mishmash of really good special yeah. effects and not that great. Yeah. So it, gone. I, I like I had the Professor, Professor Hulk. It worked for me. Uh, but anyway, when I saw it the second time. Uh, actually, I read some stuff about it online. Joanne Robinson uh, from Vanity Fair wrote some stuff. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was kind of mixed about it too, but it kind of recontextualized everything. And like I said, when I saw it a second time, it, it was, it was, it, I, felt, I feel better about it now. Because it was because when I first saw it, I just heard the nasty joke, especially the one from War Machine saying, oh, he's just full of cheese whiz right now. You know what I mean? Okay. But when I saw it the second time, there was actually a lot, of, a lot more love and support in the movie for his condition that I, that I saw the first time. Like uh, Captain America, Iron Man, also kind of like, hey, you know, if you can't do this, you don't have to do this and stuff like that. But the key was actually Hulk. The, he, the Hulk, actually, when he first see him in New, um, uh, New Asgard, New Asgard he was like he really was there for Hulk, Thor and stuff like that. He was really there, showed a lot of love and support and stuff like that. So that made it better and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And also, the War Machine, I still think it's a very nasty, hard, hard joke. But it, it still it does make sense that Rhodey uh Rhodey makes that joke because he's a military guy. And right. when he sees Thor in that condition, to him it's like a soldier that's kind of let himself go and yeah. he's not you know. It's he's like, not, like a disappointment. Yeah, it's a disappointment and stuff like that. So I do feel better about it. And also, maybe I don't know if we should get into this right now, but the big theme of this movie, I feel, is about actually mental health and mental your well being and stuff like that. So Thor's story storyline feels like it's part of that, you know what I mean? And also I feel like after watching it a second time, this is not the end, you know what I mean? This Thor storyline uh, about him getting his mental health back and stuff like that will be part of another movie, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy 4, 3. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know. And then, uh, and also Thor 4 and stuff like that. So I th- There's not going to be a Thor 4. They want Taika Waititi back though. Yeah, let, let him do another movie. Not yeah, a, I don't know if it's going to be officially Thor 4, but from what I heard, well, it might be. It might actually be Thor four because you know Tessa Thompson did an interview for Infinity, whatever, and then he recently he she let it be known that Taika Waititi did make a pitch for it for Thor, another Thor movie. But I, I thought they're sticking with the whole trilogies and that's it. But, I th- but they really like Taika Waititi, man. They really he's a they really give him another movie. I know like, he's definitely gonna do another movie for him. I don't know if he's gonna. Be- they can pull Valkyrie and Thor yeah. from anything. I mean, Thor is gonna be in Guardians. She could. They, she, she, he, could just, he could just make a a, a a Valkyrie movie and stuff like that. Actually, anyway, uh, anyway. even better. Just going back to our, our original point, I do. I, I still not a hundred percent aboard on the Thor storyline in this movie, but I do feel better about it though. Well, my take on that too is that oddly enough, the fat thing actually wasn't what I was focusing on when people were reacting to Thor. Mm-hmm. I thought they were being gentle with him because of PTSD. Yeah. Oh, he's a drunk now because of PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the impression I got actually, and it wasn't because he was fat. Yeah. I think the the fat part was just comes with being a drunkard. Yeah. So if if they're making fun of anybody, are drunk people? If they're mm-hmm. if they're trying to be um, if they're trying to be uh, sensitive about anybody, are people who have PTSD. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. The fat thing actually didn't really come to mind. Yeah. The whole fat shaming thing, honestly, didn't really come to mind. It was really about the PTSD and the drunk thing. Yeah. Like, oh, he let him, he he let himself to fall like this because of what happened with the with what happened mm-hmm. in the world with Thanos and all. And, all, and, and what happened with Thanos is totally legit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally legit. Of all the characters, he he's felt the biggest burden on him because he they even mentioned it in the movie. So he had the clearest shot. To ending the snap before the snap happens. Well, that, that was a callback to what Thanos said. Yeah. You should have gone for the head, mm-hmm. right? And then now, and now he actually went for the head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's good. And like I said, I don't feel I don't feel I'm not 100 aboard on it, but I feel better about the whole uh, uh, Thor storyline upon my second view and stuff. But yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I did like that too, and, and yeah, admittedly, it did it did add comedy relief to it, and I actually do like comedy Thor now because mm-hmm. it does it does make him different than all the other heroes because. Well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> but, or making makes it closer to. What's funny is they're gonna now if they do put Thor in the next Guardians movie, they're gonna add comedy on top of comedy and stuff like that. It's gonna right. be, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna it will be, be interesting because I mean now they're gonna hit, now the the whole joke with him butting heads with Star Lord is gonna just continue on. It's so good, man. That last scene with the two Chris's and stuff like that. They have really they have really great chemistry. First of all, and then it's just fantastic. I I, I like where it's yeah, going. and and the whole line like, well, you know, they they, they know who the leader is. And then they just and then pause. pause. Looks yeah. no, no, it's you, it's yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and speaking, of, we didn't even finish all the cameo stuff. We get a tangent. Yes. Uh, Valkyrie again shows up and stuff like that. Right, Korg right. and Meek shows up and stuff like that, yep. which is fantastic. Normally, I don't like product placement, but I, I don't mind that Fortnite reference and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just uh, what what happened. Oh, speaking what, of product placement, you got you got PlayStation there representing. The, the Google Pixel phone was being used by Hawkeye. So oh, really? like, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, hey, it's a Pixel phone. Oh, okay. But okay oh, and then... <sighs> all right. I'm, I'm going to ask you to imagine you're Jeff Loeb, right? You're head of Marvel oh, TV, right? Okay. And finally, Kevin Feige gives you a call. You know what? We're going we're gonna to reference Marvel TV in one of our movies. And in your uh, Jeff Loeb, and you go, oh, great. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Daredevil? Is it going to be <laughs> what do you call it? Jessica Jones? No, it's going to be... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Jarvis, what? <laughs> Jarvis, they finally give a cameo for Marvel TV in the movie, and it's Jarvis. I love it. I love it. I love it too. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It's it's a great it's a, it's a great cameo, but still, yeah. And unfortunately, all the only people who have gotten a cameo are people who saw Agent, Agent I Carter. I know. I, in my theater, I I, I I saw a few people going, oh oh, oh I can't hear it. Right. But for the most part, me, the Agent Carter fan, I, I was looking around, I was like, hey guys, yeah. yeah hey guys. And, and, and you know, it's still a slap in the face to to the Marvel TV studio people. Yeah. Because no reference to Coulson. Yeah. For a movie that's in love well, with MCU, yeah. there was no really there was no real I didn't thing mind with, that with Coulson. Be- I, I didn't mind that because I they knew they saw on the schedule Coulson got a lot of play in the previous Captain Marvel movie. I think that's the only reason why. That's the only reason why? I think that's the only reason. I, I really don't I really don't think it's a it's a it's a it's a TV thing or a rivalry thing. I think it's because just because Coulson got a lot of play in the last movie. Well, I don't think well, he- I don't think it's a rivalry either, because I mean uh the writers and the directors of Infinity War and Endgame. I don't think they they're part of the rivalry anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that some, somehow they did not. They weren't able to include uh, a, a beat with with Coulson mentioning Coulson at all. Yeah, I, I just, like I said, I think the simplest explanation and the one that works for me is just like he he got he got his in the Captain Marvel movie. I think that was the only reason why. Okay. What happened? What are the cameos after that? John Slattery we mentioned right. right. Our, our we are saving the one big giant cameo till the end of this conversation, right? Uh, which one is that one now? Now I'm blanking on that. Uh-huh. Ty Simpson. The kid from Iron Man. Oh 3. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, just like just since I'll jump, I'll use this as a jumping off. Just literally, you you take you open up the Wikipedia page and look at all the Marvel movies, all the Marvel movies. There's not one 
movie that doesn't doesn't get touched this doesn't get touched by this movie and stuff. It, 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 there's a reference everywhere. They actually redeemed a Thor of Dark World. It's like everybody's least I know, favorite. I know. It, 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 everybody's a least major, favorite. A major plot line in this yeah. movie involves Thor the Dark World. Yeah. Ar- yeah. Arguably the, the least favorite of, of all the MCU movies. Yeah. You know, fighting with the Incredible Hulk, of course. But yeah. They even ref- a little bit of Incredible Hulk only in the sense that the Thunderbolt Ross shows up at the end yes. of the film. Well, I mean, they reference Iron Man 3 with, with Ty Simpson. Yeah. No mention of uh, Iron Man 2 had, well, not really. Iron Man 2, I mean, it's not just cameos. I'm talking about uh, story points, too. The uh, uh, Iron Man 2 comes into play because that's when uh, Pepper and Iron Man came, uh, came together, right? I guess. Yeah, I so guess. that's important. And yeah. I, I could have sworn Rhodey made a reference to something about that. But I could be wrong about that. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I actually honestly wasn't really looking too hard to see if all the movies were hinted at in Endgame. I just I just know all the characters and all the all the franchises were hinted at. Yeah, it's all there in, in terms of not just in terms of what's great about this movie. I'll, I'll mention it's just not just like story, not just like character, not just like little winks and nod, not just like. But I'm talking about uh even um uh even they they, they even do a lovely tribute to the previous directors and writers that worked on these uh MCU movies. I'll, I'll use Black Widow as as a as a, as a as a point of reference. So Black Widow, when she, when she was first introduced in Iron Man 2, she didn't have much to do, right? I mean, you didn't get any of her motivation. But in uh, Josh Whedon's original Avengers movie, you find out she, her thing was like, oh, she has a ledger. She's trying to redeem herself from, for being an assassin, all that stuff, right? But the thing is, when uh, the Russo brothers and Marcus McFeely picked it up in uh, their Captain Civil War uh, Winter Soldier, they didn't, they kind of ignore that. You know what I mean? She just became like a contemporary of Steve Rogers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They become like right. hero, uh, uh, a comrade. of yeah, yeah, comrades and stuff like that. Or she she's helping Captain America navigate the the world. Anyway, so but in this one in uh, Avengers Endgame, her original storyline comes into comes into a full loop, a full circle. You know what I mean? She wants to. That's why she kind of sacrificed herself. Uh, for Hawkeye and stuff like because of the red and her legend and all that stuff. So I I think I think that's really nice. I think it's really touching that these uh this this writer and director instead of, you know instead of you know doing the like egotistical thing and doing doing whatever they want with the character, they actually pay tribute to uh Josh Whedon's original vision for her and stuff like that. I think I think that's really really good. That's really really clever. Really smart stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Josh Whedon, uh, the whole time time thing where they go back to Avengers one. Mm-hmm. It does kind of answer some of the questions, like why did the Asian one help? Well, apparently she was helping; yeah. just didn't just didn't notice it. Yeah, and then yeah. they also they just did some. Uh, they also cleaned up the, some what it's not plot holes. They cleaned up some plot things, like oh, they took they they took the scepter and then uh, the the Hydra people gave it to the uh, uh, the Hydra guy. What's the Hydra guy's name? Uh, Varen von Struck. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't him, but it was the professor. The professor, yeah. The first yeah. that worked and stuff like that. So they did things like that and stuff like that. You know I mean? And not only that, but like a, a very simple thing, like in the Avengers, when you see Loki with with uh, with a gag on his mouth, they yeah. they have they, they just showed the origin of that. Yeah. You know, they they did, they did all these little things, and and it makes you really do think that oh, it, even though they're time traveling, it still connects to the original thing. Yeah. Even though in this world, time travel, they don't follow the Back to the Future rule. They mm-hmm. actually follow like the. the the alternate, the alternate world, right. uh, time travel. Theory. It's a splinter rule and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Once if you do, if you do something that affects the timeline, it splinters. It just creates a new timeline. Yeah, like that, and and they mean? actually, it, yeah, which is kind of funny. But um, I know we're saying we keep we keep jumping back and forth here, but um, I know the, the movie kind of makes fun of Back to the Future, saying, "Oh yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work. It's yeah. stupid." Mm-hmm. But if you look at the plot for for in Endgame, it kind of parallels. Yeah, it kind of parallels yeah. Back to the Future too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go Back to the Future. 
they do that thing where they oh I'm trying to avoid my my past yes, stuff and, yes, yes, and yes. they also have the bad guy uh, figure out figure time out, travel yeah yeah stuff like that yeah, yeah. so yeah. They, they actually do do this actual Back to yeah. the Future callback by following the plot line once old Thanos I guess we'll call him old Thanos or previous Thanos figured out that there was time travel involved I was like wait that's Biff he's Biff now yeah he's you know Biff right? no, yeah, this he's is Biff, Biff. <laughs> he's Biff now he has the Omnac oh my god you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it turns out more was his Omnac or something like that it's like oh yeah. that's, that's that's funny it's funny I'm sure there's gonna be a video on YouTube like comparing Back to the Future 2 yeah, and sure. Endgame yeah. yeah that's good times it's good times it, oh. it, it is good. So, so uh, are we going to jump to time travel now? Uh, sure, why not? All right. So, so the, the, I like the time travel aspect. Um, yeah, it's good. I love time travel movies, and I'm waiting to put this in my on a list mm-hmm. after spoilers are done. I know a lot of people are already spoiling that it involves time travel. Yeah. But I think that's still a spoiler saying yeah, yeah. that it yeah. involves time travel. Yeah. Right. But this is a time travel movie. It's a time travel. So yeah. MCU got their time travel movie with Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do like that, mm-hmm. and I do like the how, how the fact that they actually even failed. The one scene where Loki got the yes, got yes. the things essentially that timeline split it off. Yes, basically. I don't know. I don't know if the Loki TV series in Disney Plus follows that timeline mm-hmm. or it, so. or it's just a prequel. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they have the opening there because obviously when they go back and get the get the 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 space space on the, the Tesseract from mm-hmm. from the seventies, mm-hmm. that's a different timeline than that timeline. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to be now. Yeah. yeah. So and also. The the 2013 timeline is completely jacked up now because not only does that timeline's Gamora goes to our to our MCU right, but that Thanos army comes from that timeline now right, right, and they don't go back because obviously they, they, get, they, get, they get wiped out. So that that's a whole wacky timeline. So if people are confused by it or have questions about it, I think the key scene is actually Hulk talking to the Ancient One right, and the yes. Ancient One making that literal you know timeline you know, right. visual, visual and stuff like that and and what they're describing I think what people might be confused about is what they're c- describing is the optimal thing that's supposed to happen they get the time stone uh, uh, any stone from the past and return it to the exact spot from where they, they, they took it so nothing bad happens you know no harm no foul but what what happens is what happens outside of that thing is there's a lot of things go wrong. You know, yeah, Loki, the butterfly effect. Yeah, Loki <laughs> takes the thing and then they have to go to another place. And like I said, Thanos, Gamora comes to our timeline. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, and also people have to realize the reason why the MCU timeline, the one we've been watching for like 21, 21 movies is, uh, is is intact and stuff like this because Tony has that GPS. So they, no matter how, what happens to a different timeline, they split and stuff like that. They can because of that GPS system, yeah. they can come back to our timeline. Yeah, so they can like, no timeline, our yeah. dimension, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And also, this is a little bit of predicting the future. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking not only do the future uh, Disney Plus will will uh, will answer the Loki stuff and all the timeline, but I think the next Doctor Strange might tackle it too because this is the what this is what Mordor uh, warned. Doctor Strange about right messing with the timeline stuff. They're right. doing these splinters stuff like that. So not I think only that, that, but the Agamotto is essentially gone. Oh no! They never actually, got the time stone back. Also, no, none of the ti- none of the Infinity Stones in our timeline exist anymore, right? They're, right. they're gone. Yeah. So the Eye of Agamotto is essentially gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Eye the Agamotto is just the case, though. The time stone is what's inside. The Eye of Agamotto is still. I thought there. that was a. I thought that was the, the the MCU version of the Eye of Agamotto was the time stone. I thought. Because in the comic books, Eye of Agamotto is its own thing, right? So, but maybe, it looks like in yeah, the maybe. MCU, it's it's the time stone. Yeah. Oh, you know that that does bring up a good point. Yeah. If the regardless if it's the I am Agamotto or the time stone, the the reason for the Sorcerer Supreme's existence is gone now. 
The whole thing was just to protect. No, he's here to protect the earth. Oh, I mean, the Isle of Amun is just part of the. It's oh, part of his repertoire or mm. part of his weapons. It's <laughs> part of one of the things he has to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And to be fair, I actually prefer the Isle of Agamotto version in the comic books. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they have like an alternate Isle of Agamotto that they can yeah. use. And then it just doesn't have to be the time so splinter. My, so I think we're on the same page. Because of these time splinters and stuff like that, they're going to have a, a crisis on Infinity Earth, right? No, no, Secret Wars, you mean. Oh, okay, Secret Wars. Because that's what Secret Wars is. Yeah, it's, it's a combination a of different timelines. Yeah. Well, the new Secret Wars, not the, the, not the old, not the original. Not the, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was gonna. My joke was be the. Oh, it's a DC. No, no, that's a DC universe. If Crisis of Universe, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> we have fun. We have fun. I I know some people are kind of confused about the timeline, or have questions about the timeline, blah blah blah. But I it, to, to me, it works and stuff like that. Oh, we'll just, let's skip to the end a little bit because it involves the, the, the most confusing part of the timeline. Go ahead. Yeah, I believe this is what happened. So right. Steve Rogers was supposed to go back to all these different timelines and stuff like that. To uh, woodcut, put the Infinity Stones back and the hammer back and stuff like that. But I think he realized he was going to stay. I mean, throughout the movie, he realizes, hey, he can do something for himself. Again, this goes back to the theme of mental health, doing things for your own personal well-being. And seeing what happened to Tony, seeing Peggy like this close to him, he said, you know what, I'm going to do something for myself. So I think he returned to one of those timelines, putting the soul back, and just decided to go further back and drawing Peggy in the 1940s, they have that dance, they have a kid, they have kids, they get married and stuff like that. But that, but all that stuff happens in a different timeline. And he lives his life through, you know, throughout, you know, its normal course, you know what I mean? Uh, and then when he, when he got close to 2019 or wherever we are in the MCU timeline, he hit the GPS system, he comes back and he brings the shield from that timeline back and he gives it to... Uh, uh, Falcon. That's my interpretation of what happened. The only flaw about that is that as the the presumed reaction is that when the GPS thing comes back, he's supposed to be in that circle thing, the device. Right. But he's not there. He's yeah. it's almost seemed like he walked on set. Right, right. Like like oh, it's time for me to go visit that place. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, and that, and that kind of confuses things a bit. Right. Yeah, people are going, where did the shield come from? <laughs> I mean, shield probably had a shield. Yeah. Right. So no I matter mean, what timeline he goes to, he knows where, where Wakanda is now, right? Right, right, yeah, so right, that, right. That, 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 that shield that, But if he wasn't Captain America at that point, he still he can still get a shield. <laughs> also, if you want to get Nick nitpicky on that, I have another one too. If you want to be nitpicky, because when the old Gamora, uh, uh, what do you call it? When old Gamora travels back to our present, all right. Remember, they only had they only had enough pin particles for one travel. So how did Thanos uh shrink his ship and come back through the through the portal and stuff like that? I'm assuming. They took the pin cargo and they duplicated it, right? No, no. You know the, remember how Tony Stark and Steve Rogers got a bunch of pin particles from the seventies? Mm-hmm. If you look at the scene where 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 uh, uh, old Nebula turns back the time machine, she puts in those pin particles. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. And right. you see her put the your hand sticks inside, and they, they literally show her stick the. Pin oh, because I thought what happened was yeah. e- either way, it's it's a solution because Gamora. I thought she, when she has that pin cargo and gives it to Thanos, I thought it was like, oh, I made uh, some extra pin cargo. I'm going to take what I have, go back, right. and then here's some extra ones because there's space aliens and stuff like that. But anyway, either way, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then going back to the... So the, my, my, back whole, to Steve Rogers, my yeah. whole thing with the Steve Rogers thing, my, my, okay, first off, the show Agent Carter doesn't happen if you go by that theory in the in that world, mm-hmm. in the world where he goes back to the 40s and has the last dance with, with Peggy Carter. Right, Agent Carter that, doesn't happen. But it's in, it's in a different timeline. Unless, unless... Agent Carter, Agent Carter takes place in our MCU, though. Correct. Right. Unless him going back to Peggy Carter was after Agent Carter. Because Agent Carter only had two seasons. Sure. Right? So you could always assume he came back after Agent Carter's event. But the problem is in that uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, she is in that 1950s reel saying, Steve Rogers uh, saved my husband and, you know, 
I mean, or she could be lying about it. Or some some people also as it's her dementia. She might not even, she might not even remember who she. Or she is. could be lying about it. Yeah, right. But then, but then you're assuming if there is a second Steve Rogers, is he just in the shadows? <laughs> is he, is he in well, because he's having his, he's finally he's finally doing what Tony Stark wanted to do is mm-hmm. just live a normal life with the family. I'm I'm more of the opinion that he lived out his his his. In an alternate timeline. In an alternate no, timeline. Before you get me wrong, that I actually agree with you in that. Yeah. Okay. The, and uh, it's because it's, of the it's fact. Cleaner. It's just cleaner. It's just cleaner. Yeah. So the, I'm just trying to break down what everybody assumes is sure. it's the same MCU. Mm-hmm. So first off, Agent Carter doesn't really happen unless you go with the whole, he shows up after Agent Carter. Yeah. So that that's mm-hmm. still intact. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, did you rewatch Winter Soldier in Civil War with the Peggy Carter stuff? Uh, I've seen, I've, I have a pretty good memory. People yeah. have said that that Peggy Carter kind of hints that, that that maybe she really was married to Steve Rogers. Oh, he, really? You don't see the husband's picture. Sure. Right? So it's almost like she's, and she's always surprised to see him young. Mm-hmm. Right? Because she knows what it looks like old oh, okay. kind of thing. So that's that. So that's, that's, that's in defense of people who said this is the same timeline. Mm-hmm. My argument of why it's not the same timeline, mm-hmm. Sharon Carter. Yeah. Okay. How do you think it feels for Steve Rogers yeah. if, if like, yeah. 20, 30 years later, yeah. he gets a niece, a new niece, and it looks exactly the person that he was shacking up with yeah. in the present time? This is a Game of Thrones, man. <laughs> this, is not, this is not that. We're not playing. This, this, yeah. is, a, this is Star Wars. The whole man. Sharon Carter, to me, yeah. breaks that, 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 that rule that he's yeah. in the same timeline because mm-hmm. there's no way. Like, and, and also, I want to say, people who talk about these timelines, Steve Rogers, also, just focus on you. This is all fun to kind of talk about, but focus on the theme, focus on the character, the fact that Steve Rogers finally gets uh, gets to kind of enjoy his life, rest, and stuff like that. Again, like I said, this whole to me, this whole movie is about mental health and stuff like that. Remember, he he starts in that he starts the movie in that uh, uh, support group. You know what I mean? He's telling he even though he didn't feel it at the time, he says he can't move on, but he's telling other people, hey, you have to move on and stuff like that. But at the end of this movie. After everything he's experienced, he's he he realized he has to kind of move on. He he deserves a life. You know what I mean. So I think we should focus on that a little bit too. You know what I mean. And the fact that he goes back to, in time to have his last dance with Peggy, it ties back to something that they talked they 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 set up in two thousand and ten. You know, nine okay. years. That's 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 good stuff. That's beautiful writing and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the other argument there is that maybe he actually end up. Ended up not marrying Peggy Carter. Oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe they, they broke up and he ended up what marrying I, somebody else. What did I just say? Well, I'm just saying. I'm focus just saying. on the themes. I, I, I tried to focus on things. Because thematic-wise, I don't really think it's, it's completely a mental uh, mental issue kind of theme for the movie. I think it actually is actually a veteran situation. Mm-hmm. People who go to war to to save the world or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they come back broken. You know, and all they really ask for is just to retire, kind of thing. Yeah, mental health. Yeah, I get yeah, that. I get that. <laughs> I get it. But I think I think this one specifically means the mental health of soldiers, sure, of coming back from the war, and 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 they just Iron Man was got PTSD because he realized that he wants he, uh, the, the all the fighting he made, all the fighting he's gone through, made him realize that that he wants to protect the world. Mm-hmm. But but and some some soldiers they go through extreme trying to yeah. do that, mm-hmm. right? Steve Rogers, same exact thing. He wants to help people, but mm-hmm. sometimes he just... Thanos, same thing too. He wants to, quote-unquote, save the universe, mm-hmm. but all he really wants to do is just retire into a garden. Yeah. So it does seem like the, 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 the theme of this movie really is more to do with, like, like despite all the, the fighting and the action, what you really want is peace. Rest. Rest, Rest yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's a, lot, it's a lot of good stuff. Boy, that's a lot. This, this, a, lot a lot of stuff you can talk about. Yeah, it's, and then the whole three hours thing, I mean, I, I alluded to this earlier, is uh, is because they were able to toss in so many character moments. Yeah. The, one of the biggest criticisms of, of the MCU is that 
because every movie is a movie it has to be the the big event special mm-hmm. the big giant mm-hmm. cinematic event mm-hmm. and they can't really focus on the character moments yeah. this one had its cake and eat it too like half the movie are character moments and half the movie is the big spectacle stuff yeah it's just this whole it's just we were mentioned one of my favorite scenes in the movie is like when they go back to uh, uh, 2012 and then the, they do that pose from the at the end of the original Avengers movie and stuff like that and then you know you see after the, the beat after that pose, you see Iron Man says, "Yeah, okay, all right, we're done here. I'm gonna we can we can do some more posing later." And they get they get into the elevator, and then the Hulk wants to get into the elevator, but they say, "Hey, hey, stop, stop! You're too big. The right. weight capacity. Go take the stairs." I, I just I just for some reason I love that joke. I just love that extra beat, that extra second of uh, of a joke because you you see these these supposedly larger than life uh, God uh, larger than life characters as just normal people and stuff like that. At some point, you do, they live in a real world where the uh, elevator has a weight limit. So they're telling Hulk, hey, get out of here. You can't fit in here and stuff like that. It's great. Good stuff. And also, I want to go back to uh, the whole time travel thing. A lot of people focus on time travel. Well, I like to focus on something. One of the repercussions of this movie is, hey, man, the fi- they, I, I thought they were rewind the clock. But they didn't rewind the clock. It's five years into the future. Mm-hmm. Three billion people came back to life like that. Oh, so we're going to do this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay so, he came back to life like that. And then... Yeah. They, they touch upon it with uh, Scott Lang's character, but how many families are out there where there's a five year difference? There's yep. a five year difference yep. now. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It's like babies are like you know six years difference and stuff like that. And what if you're a guy who uh, would cut who lost his wife, then he gets remarried within the last five years? Yep. It's like what what, what happened? Yep. What happened? Yeah, and, this is fascinating. I really hope homecoming. I hope far home far from home touches. Well, on. okay. Yeah. Uh, I believe they said far from home is before and after the snap. Oh really? I'm interested. Yeah, I, I believe that's what that's what they said. Like like the, the the school trip is before the snap, and then presumably by the end of the movie it'll cover after the snap. Really? That that was oh, what the depression I got. Like the bus trip in in Infinity War was yeah. the bus trip after Far From Home. I don't know about that because if you look at this costume in in Far From Home, it's the old Spidey costume. But the Spider Man in uh, uh, Infinity War says they're on a field trip to MoMA, not to a European trip. Well, maybe that's maybe know. that's the, the alternate timeline thing. But my my, my biggest fear is with uh, if they don't if 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 they don't address it if they don't address it, it's kind of weird that they live in a world where of the six friends that he had from. Uh, all, far, them, all of them was part of the snap? No, yeah, exactly. One of them has to be like five years older. Yeah. Like it that. would have been interesting if Ned was the one who who was not taken from the snap and then he sees younger Peter Parker yeah. show up. Yeah, Steve, that would have been interesting. Oh, well, yeah. What if Ned's like Steven Young now? Of course, <laughs> Ned, Ned, Ned would technically be in college. Yeah. Right? And then mm-hmm. suddenly he's gone. Mm-hmm. We should solve the whole the whole uh, ganky thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, weird. And also, they, I don't know if they're going to touch on but they, they, should, they should touch on how losing... Three billion people affects the economy and stuff that like that. Is a dramatic TV show that yeah. Disney could do for Disney Plus yeah. and or Hulu. They touch upon it just enough in this movie with the support group and there's shots of the the New York uh, the Bay of New York harbor, yeah. harbor and stuff like that. Just stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's interesting stuff, man. It's yeah. a lot of stuff. The the world with half the people is a depressing looking place, but but at least, you know, people are still alive, they're they're making good they're getting yeah. by. Yeah. But putting in uh times you even double the population of the world Just suddenly. Like, like that. Yeah. that is probably more devastating and and more chaotic yeah, than anything else. Imagine losing your dog, and then five years later, <laughs> your dog comes back. It's just crazy. It's a mind trip. It's it's just crazy. I don't know. It's I, I I'm more interested in that to see yeah. how that plays out than the whatever the splinter yes. timeline is. And actually. clearly, the Russo brothers are like, and and the and Marcus and Ophelia are All like, right. are like, okay, here's what Peace. we're gonna do. But and. 
But the, but a lot of the criticism in Marvel movies is that nothing really changes. Yeah. This is a huge you change. Yeah. But the question now is, are they going to address it in the next movies? Yeah. Who was running Wakanda when 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 the the, the, the two siblings were gone? That yeah. the whole royal family were gone. Yeah. Right. I mean. Like that's that's like 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 life altering stuff that happened that they have to address that's, in the next movie. That's something I'm worried about when I watch the Far From Home trailers. It's like it's nothing. It's not like it's being touched. It'll be easier if you just think of it as pre Infinity War. Yeah, I know it'd be a lot yeah. easier, but I, I don't think you can get away with that. And so, the thing is, yeah, I realized that was I realized something was up when Tony Stark had that kid. Once that kid got introduced, you realize, oh my god, that raises the stakes. Like you know, you can't turn back five years. You know what I mean? Right. You can't. With the with the snap and stuff like that, you know, because Tony's like like I, Tony doesn't want to lose his kid. I don't want him to lose his kid and stuff yeah. like that. That's crazy. It's, it's, and and to 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 credit to to give credit to the movie, didn't think of the solution. Honestly, thought it was either going to be a time travel, they're going to start over again yeah. and all stuff. Didn't think they were literally going to pluck them off from the moment they they were gone and bring them back to the future. Yeah, did not think about that at yeah. all. So, but as soon as you like like you said, as soon as they introduced Tony and his kid, you're like. Well, if they do that, what happens to the kid? Yeah. Right? Or So, yeah, it's like, it is incredible the balls that this movie does yeah. with that thing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I really I really thought whatever the solution was, the cost or the... I knew they, they were going to do some sort of cost. They would have consequences. I thought the cost and consequences would be strictly limited to, to our heroes. You know what I mean? Right. Something, some of these heroes are not going to come back. That's how they got the, everybody else back. Like I said, they rewind five years and stuff like that. Yeah. But then, holy shit. It'll be a lot easier to write the movie that way. Yeah, yeah, they really... It's an incredible piece of writing. This is an incredible piece of writing. It's just unbelievable. Ant-Man's daughter, Hawkeye's family. Like, how strange that must that be for them to just... Well, Hawkeye's family is easy because they live out in the farm anyway, you know, separate from everybody else because they want to keep it secret or whatever. But Hawkeye's kid... I mean, Ant-Man's kid, however. I mean, that's got to be weird. That's that's gonna be like a comedy thing in the next Iron Man movie where where he now he has to deal with a teenager, mm-hmm. I guess. And also, actually, I'm, actually, I'm curious. It's not it's not it's not Ant Man's franchise, so I'm, there's no reason why they would cover it. But did his ex wife and her, the stepfather. Oh yeah, where dusted? are they? <laughs> Who, who's watching the kid all the time? And like, oh my god, it's it's crazy. Yeah, the Hawkeye thing is kind of it's kind of okay, but it's kind of cleaner, I guess, because all the entire family got dusted. The only thing with Hawkeye is like does Hawkeye tell him what he's been doing for the last five years because he's a mass murderer I mean they kind of get away with the fact because they're all bad guys or drug cartel cartel guys and stuff like that but he's a dad's a mass murderer now he's just like chopping up Japanese guys and stuff like that you know he's like holy cow and going back to the uh, Kate Bishop thing there people have people have mentioned there are TV show yeah but there's a ways of working around that you know what I mean and it it still could be Jeremy Renner being Hawkeye and training his daughter to be uh, Hawkeye because uh, remember they're, they're they're underground, right? So they might have secret uh, uh, aliases, and one gotcha. her, her alias might be Kate Bishop. Okay, yeah. but, I think that works. but the, 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 does the Russo's uh, daughter actually want to be an actress like this? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I think you just you just age her up. I don't think you know. what I mean, I think you just age you're gonna her age her up some more. Five years already have passed. Yeah. <laughs> But I but the thing is we don't know when that Hawkeye show comes out. Maybe in a couple of years. It's, it's H-Rap, it's like oh, but the other thing about the oh shit, what was it? What was I gonna say? I had a point. How about Ant-Man's daughter though? Like I said, that that, that, would, that would still be interesting to have her have her deal with have him deal with like a teenage daughter suddenly. Oh, I remember one of I actually I, people have shit on Hawkeye and stuff like that. But I do like J- Jeremy Renner's characterization in the sense that he 
there he take, he he is the regular guy in the team next to next to Black Widow, but he's a little bit older. He does these little beats where he does he'll do something like oh he's running away from the uh the the the, the space dogs and he's like you know chopping them up. But at the end of the battle, he goes oh. It's like oh, like he, like all his bones, like he, like he, remember he says, oh, I should stretch for this. And every time he gets in these big fights, he takes a beat afterwards. He goes, oh, I'm too, like I'm too old for this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's like he's too old. I, I do like that. I he's, do. Like he's that. too human for this. Yeah, he's too human. He's like oh, I'm just I'm just like a dude and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a dude with a bow and arrow, like he says. So yeah. Yeah, but he's like essentially John Wick for the for the Avengers. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. You you've read the oh, that's the other thing I was gonna mention. You've read the Ultimate Comic books, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. And that Hawkeye's a badass. Remember, he he kills everybody just for fingers and stuff like that. Right. I was, yeah, that's one thing. Well, I mean, like I said, he's like a John Wick. Yeah, for like, for the Avengers. They want, the thing with the Hawkeye, Hawkeye is actually because of the comic books, you can go a lot of directions. You can be the John Wick, but did you ever? Did you also read the Mark 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 Matt Fractions? Hawkeye? No, that I have not. And that's and, and I heard that's a good. That's, that's a, a really good. That's book. a good book. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good. That's good. the one with Kate Bishop. That's the one I heard Kate was Bishop, supposed yeah. to be based on the TV show. Is going to be based more on that. Yeah, because that's a very iconic run and stuff. Like that. Yeah. And that is a good version of Hawkeye too and stuff like that. And so, also, the other thing I was going to mention about the Ultimates is, uh, you know, uh, Brian Hitch, right? The guy who drew it. And right. Stuff like that. He was he his his art in that was inspired by movies like you know David Lean. Uh, it wasn't the opposite. I, huh? I, I thought I thought Hawkeye's design was based on no, his. No, no. Work. I'm talking about his artwork in general. So oh, I'm, I'm okay, off okay. Hawkeye, but like his art in general is based on cinema. Real you know people, I mean? like no cinema, like the cinema? the cinema. You know the the, the okay. scale of it and stuff okay. like that. The David Leans, you know, what I mean? the big big uh, giant pictures and stuff like that. Anyway, but at the end of this uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, it's like I felt like the comic books were like referencing Brian Hitch's work from uh, uh, Ultimates. It's like, it's going full, again, it's like going full circle and stuff like right. that. Because those shots of the Leviathans coming out of the portals yeah. at different depths and stuff like that and the other, the superheroes coming out of the Doctor Strange portals and stuff like that, it just reminded me of Brian Hitch's work in Ultimates and stuff like that. Very cinematic and stuff like that. Very big scope. So it's cool. So it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And you know what? We've been talking about this. We've been talking on uh, this this review, this podcast for like forty minutes. We still haven't even touched the last hour. The last hour is one of the, the most epic thing that's ever happened in the history of cinema. No, but before we get to the last hour, See? we, <laughs> we, we got we gotta talk about America's ass. That's so funny. <laughs> it's just so funny, man. Now here's the thing: does just Joss Whedon know that people make fun of the costume he designed for Captain America? He must know. He even, must know, right? Even I. I loved the first Avengers movie. Yeah, right? but his costume was not great. Yeah, but I didn't really think about it the first time. But yeah, over the years, as you see more costumes and all that stuff, when I look back on that, because I, 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 I occasionally look, rewatch some of these movies, not the whole, all the way through, but you know, I watch 20, 30 minutes. When I watch the, the Avengers movies, I'm like, wow, that costume is terrible. Man. No, the first time I saw that costume in the first in, in the Avengers movie, I'm like, that's a mistake. Oh, really? You caught his, it the first time, yeah. His, his, uh, his, World, War II co- his World War II costume was better. Sense, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and that's the reason why Winter Soldier, he goes back to that yeah. for obvious reasons, what's, right? Yeah, what's funny is Captain America in these movies have some of the best. Best costumes. I that World War II costume with the go- helmet and goggles. Yes, I think it's one of the best. Yeah, the Winter Soldier one. They call it the stealth. The stealth I, one. The stealth it's all one. black and all done. Yeah. Mwah! Yeah. A plus. The the, the Avengers costume. It's like a with the covering the air. Yeah. It looks like a blue. It's all costume. comic booky. Yeah, so comic booky. And, and I get that. That's probably what Joss Whedon was going for. He wanted yeah. it to look like a comic book. Yeah. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Man. It doesn't work. But hey, at least it paid off with an Endgame. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's America's ass. This is America. <laughs> oh my God. Good lord. It's so funny. Well, and, and, so your callbacks. 
uh, Captain America talking to future Captain America go, oh, I have eyes on Loki. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Loki disguised himself as yeah. as Captain America right. in... Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok? No, uh, Dark, Dark World. World. Dark, Dark World. World. Like, again, again we reference. Dark World. There's so many references. You can't go five minutes without a reference. And, and, and again, we, we, we're going to talk... We, have we talked about this? But this is not fan service. This is actually in the moment. It's actually character and, and story and stuff like that. This is not just fan service. There's so many beats and stuff. The one I, I, thought, I thought was great was... Uh, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Homecoming. He keeps telling his suit, "No kill mode, no kill mode. Yes. I don't need to kill mode." Yep. In the final third act battle, he turns on kill mode and stuff like that. Right. In the el- you in the Winter Soldier, what cup? One of the most like iconic scenes is that big elevator fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can repeat it. Yes. All yes. like all. Like, hey, I'm like, well, I'm looking to see. Hey, everybody's here. Right, oh, right. That, that was the one where I think even everybody. I was like, okay, here we go. Here, here we go. Cross- here we go. <laughs> He's right there, man. And all like, he had to do was to go hail Hydra. Hell Hydra, which is a call, which is a callback to the comic, comic books book. yeah. when when we had they had a storyline where, where Captain America was secretly a Hydra agent. Yeah. And oh, again, this is a difference between fan service and telling a story and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It that works as a story because all those characters in there are Hydra agents. You know what I mean? Right. He's not just saying that because oh, you know, wink, wink, nah, nah, hey, Hell Hydra. That's actually a clever way for Captain America to get out of there without a fight. You know what I mean? So. He's, I kind of wish there was again. I know the movie doesn't have after credits, but if they were gonna have an after credits, cut to that scene in the elevator where Captain America's leaving, and then all the Hydra is like, "Did you know Captain America's a Hydra?" Like, no! Oh my god! Blind blown! You know, like that kind of reaction. Yeah. And again, these are big moments where references to smaller moments. Again, you have to watch all twenty-one movies before to get some of it. The one there's a beautiful scene at the end where John Favreau, Happy Hogan, is with uh with uh. With uh, Iron Man's daughter Morgan, right? Morgan, yeah. And then he's trying to comfort her, and the mo- the one thing he can do to comfort her is get her a cheeseburger and stuff right. like that. You know what I mean? And that scene works, kind of works without you knowing it, but it works more if you've seen the first Iron Man when yep. he comes back from the Afghanistan. He says, oh, "Hey, before we go to press, I just I just want to do two things: a cheeseburger and and the, and then the, uh, what do you call it? what's her name? Um, shoot." Grand Paltrow characters cuts him off. I don't want to hear that. But anyway, Perpots. Yeah, Perpots cuts him off. But anyway, the point is, he wants a cheeseburger. And then in this one, the daughter wants a cheeseburger. The daughter yep. wants a cheeseburger and stuff like that. And another one, uh, what do you call it? A sm- smaller one is in the last uh, Ant Man and Wasp movie. You know, uh, Ant Man keeps uh, has his buddy buddy idol worship of Captain America. He yes, always has him yes, Cap. Yes, yes. And then Wasp teases him about it. Cap. And- and then in that movie, but in this movie, she she says Roger, uh, Roger Cap, and stuff like that. She, right. she uses, yeah, it but like she that. looks directly at him, like, yeah, exactly. like wink, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, but you have to know oh, it's beautiful. And also, this is I don't know if people caught this, but uh, what do you call it? in the Ant Man universe in their franchise, uh, Hank Pym doesn't like the what Tony Stark, right? And you get a little bit of it in Civil War, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Paul Rudd's character, I forgot his name now. Ant Man doesn't like uh, what do you call it, uh, Tony Stark in that mm-hmm. one, right? I mean, and then Tony Stark in Civil War says, "Oh, who are you again? I don't know even who you are." But in this one, what do you call it? Uh, Paul Rudd's character is always busting uh, uh, Tony Stark's balls. Like, hey, you didn't want to do this, you know? Why did you lose the the thing with the Hulk and stuff like that? Because that, but that whole dynamic is set up in the Ant-Man movies and stuff like that because right. of the, the relationship between ha- the Pims and the Starks and stuff like that. It's great. It's 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 just brilliant stuff. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the the the, the, car- the, the chemistry from the whole cast is great. Yeah, that that, that is definitely one thing, and it's it just flows so naturally. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff, man. All right, so are we going to go through the last hour? Oh, my God. 
Holy cow. Thanos comes back from the past uh-huh. into the present and shit happens. Holy cow, man. Holy cow. F- first of all, first of all, I don't even know what I don't even know what start. It just starts off with a bang where what do you call Hulk looks up, the ship is there, it launches missiles, and then the concussion of that. Uh, somehow Ant-Man unconscious- unconsciously to protect himself shrinks himself the whole thing yeah. explodes everything collapses the Hulk is lifting the thing up that's good training by the way uh, what? that's good training by Ant-Man yeah yeah like, like he, as soon as the, the explosion hit he he instinctively he shrunk himself, shrunk himself to yeah. protect himself and, stuff. and then I I don't know what to describe every every part of that last 40 minutes is, is just incredible it's just I don't know I don't know what to say it's, Hulk it's, doesn't even throw, toss a punch hmm? Hulk doesn't even throw yeah. a punch yeah that's, that's that's yeah. They didn't actually need the Hulk. They actually had one arm at the time. But you know, yeah, he's lifting it up, and it's just. And I, that was a callback to a comic book episode. Yeah. Secret yeah. War. They said Secret War number four, I believe, right? right? Where he's lifting up the whole thing and stuff. Like that. It was just incredible and stuff like that. Oh man, where do you even start? Well, start start with the start with the fact that Captain America gets to use Mjolnir. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> again, that was for me the moment of the movie it's, where it's I'm incredible. like, yes. Yeah, when I was looking at the shield, I was like, well, where's it going? Is it going to Thor? Wait a minute, it's going to whole. It's going to I mean Captain America and Captain stuff America, like that. Yeah. And again, I just want I just want to mention this isn't fan service because it's set up in Josh mm. Whedon's uh, Age, of Age, 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 Age of Ultron, and also since that time, Captain America has done greater things, right? To, so he's proved himself to be more worthy. You yeah. know what I mean? So now, of course, Mjolnir, even though it's from a different time, like comes to him and stuff like that. And the thing is, it's just like oh, that that three-way fight, four-way fight between Iron Man. Uh, well, Iron- they, they say that the trilogy versus Thanos. It's just incredible. Oh, the trilogy. Right? The trinity. The trinity. Yeah. Like I guess this is Marvel's trinity, apparently. apparently Captain yeah. America, Iron Man, and Thor. I never got it from the comic books, but whatever. Gone. Every three, every few seconds of that fight, we're like, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" It starts with actually. I'll just go back a little bit. It starts with Thor summoning both the Mjolnir hammer and Stormbreaker and stuff. Right, like that. right, right. That was just incredible. And then at some point, this is another callback to the Avengers. Where remember, um, Thor hit light, used lightning against uh, what do you call uh, Iron Man. Yes. And then he shoots it back at him. In this one, he shoots. He they deliberately shoots the, the lightning, lightning Iron through Man. Iron Man, and he filters it through uh, Thor. Thanos. And then. Uh, one of the complaints that people had about Thanos in the last movie is that, oh, why didn't he just take every opportunity he could to kill people and stuff like that? You know what I mean? He had all the tools necessary and stuff like that. But in that Thanos, it was like, like on a spiritual journey and stuff like that. You know, He, he has was, an ideology too. Ideology. Right. This one, this one's a cold-blooded killer. This yeah. one was a, was, this is uh The Thanos that, from the comic book. Yeah, the Thanos from the comic this, this is a prime, glad, I, I describe it as a gladiator battle. And that battle between the four of them is super intense, man. It's just unbelievable. With a big giant blade and stuff like that. It's, it's just incredible. At so, after you, you talked about Captain America getting the Thor hammer and stuff like that. There's a th- part where he throws the, ha- the 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 shield and then he uses the hammer to, to bounce off to the bounce shield. it off the shield. Yeah. At one point, he summons the lightning, and he strafes it on the yeah. ground, and then uppercuts it with uh, with with that also. Yeah. Oh and, my god. And, and and to talk back at the fans who complain about oh superheroes gets powers and they suddenly can use it very well, mm-hmm. Captain America has seen other people do this yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. He I'm sure he has an idea how to pull it off. Yeah. Just from just from visually yeah. seeing how Thor uses it and whatnot. He's the world's big uh, best. Uh, fighter, really. yep. You know what I mean? Uh, what you, n- number one, number two. Remember him? Remember in also Age of but just, Ultra- just 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 the fact that action sequences so perfectly choreographed. Yeah, so it's perfectly all, choreographed. It's so good, man. That's that's the four of them fighting so good. And then you also have to realize, remember in Age of Ultron because they've been fighting together for a while. Uh, 
uh, Thor and Captain America has, has already done a lot of shield, uh, shield and Thor and hammer combos and stuff like that. Right. So he's familiar with the hammer. He knows how the hammer works and stuff like that. It's just fantastic. And then what's great is, at the end of the day, uh, Thanos holds his own. He beats all three of them, right? And, stuff and like more. That. Yeah, and then more and stuff. And then as we progress in the fight, it gets it just gets so much better. Uh, uh, Captain America loses his shield. All the, everybody comes down from Thanos. Call back to uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron when you yeah. see the the, the, mm-hmm. the shield cut in half, right? Yeah. And then so it's now everybody comes down from Thanos' ship. Everybody on Th- Cap's team is kind of down, out of commission, stuff like that. So uh, Captain America is there. His shield is broken, but he steps. He steps up. He straps on the shield. He thinks he has to face everybody, everybody on Thanos' team by himself. It's kind of a callback to the original Infinity comic, right? At the end, only Captain America is left standing, and he kind of goes and walks up towards Thanos. Or is it a callback to a certain Star Wars movie where a certain yeah, hero had to yeah. fight against the, the, the yeah, okay. The Last Order. But, was last order yeah. but anyway, <laughs> and then the moment everybody was waiting for, uh, it's a callback to Captain America Winter Soldier. Cap, are you there? On your left. Yeah, and this thing's oh. well, the, the jogging scene, the jogging scene, and stuff. Yeah. But no, I'm saying then the from Captain Strange's uh, yep. portal thing opens, and then everybody, everybody that's ever in a Marvel movie, every superhero, uh, came out of those portals. It's I, I do like the the quick exponential exponential exposition line where where Spider Man mentions yeah. that they were still in that planet. Yeah. Right, and Doctor Strange realized, uh, not realized, he knew. He knew. Oh, yeah. we're five years in the future, guys. We gotta go, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, all the Wakandans, they were still in the middle of the, the battle. battle in Wakanda, yeah. Yeah. so they're still formed up. Yeah. And then Doctor Strange shows up. Hey, we gotta go. Yeah. You know, it's like they were like Doctor Strange was like ready for this yeah. because he saw all the possibilities. Yeah. And there we go. And then they, they, all that stuff can be logically explained. And also, you can you you can also go. He went to probably he probably went to Wong first, so he gathered all the magicians. So he doesn't have to open all the portals, you know. Right. He he gets everybody's help and stuff like that. And what's great is there is a twenty minute gap between the snap, Hulk snap, and then everybody coming out of the portal. So there's like twenty minutes where they can gather all the troops and stuff That's like true. that. It's, yeah. it's very cool. It's just it's just one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. To me, the one of the great third acts of all time is Seven Samurai, the last. But this is right up there. This is up there. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know how. Like I said, every three minutes, I said under my breath, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Yeah, holy shit!" A couple of times, I just screamed, "Holy shit!" The cr- I don't know. Did the cr- your Thursday night crowd go nuts? Oh yeah, there were yeah. there were moments where the crowd went nuts. Yeah, yeah, went nuts. And yeah, definitely got the America scene. <laughs> yeah, they, everybody nuts. And when they do that pan where the two sides and the thing and like they're running at each other and stuff like that, and then Valkyrie comes out with a Pegasus. I don't know why. That moved me a lot, but her coming out the Pegasus. Well, that's a comic like, book thing. That's yeah, that's just beautiful yeah. and stuff like that. And then finally, of course, finally after uh, seven years since the first Avengers movie, Captain America says the uh, the battle cry, uh, "Avengers Assemble." And yeah, then, and our cry goes nuts. It, it makes me think: Did they really plan it this far ahead? Yeah, where even Joss Whedon knew that hey, we gotta save Avengers Assemble until until the very end. I think he, they they must have. I don't I don't think they specifically knew that they were gonna use it. In a Thanos battle or a big battle, but I think they knew they needed to save it until years down, like a bigger epic and stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I mean, the, the, the that moment yeah, took yeah. its time. Yeah, it knew the audience were holding their breath, going like, "He's gonna say it. He's yeah. gonna say it." Yeah. Every true comic book fan knows that's their battle cry and stuff like that. But like I said earlier in, my, in the first part of the podcast, Kevin Feige's greatest quality, his biggest you know quality, is patience. It's just patience. Right. He everything in this movie. 
that got paid off is earned because he was patient. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have, him, uh, Captain America saying Avengers Assemble in the first Avengers movie when it did a circle shot. Yep. It would have had an impact, but it would have been the same thing as this one. Obviously, no, no, way. no. It's, yeah. it's just unbelievable and stuff like that. And the uh, Avengers Assemble, it's just, inc- it's a classic line. It's like, and, and when he said it, it's just unbelievable. And then the fight happens and it's just, it's just, I, 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 it's just breathtaking. I think the highlight was maybe for, for some reason it was, Giant Man or Ant Man punching the uh, Leviathan yes, in the face. Yeah. Like, oh my god! And even in the fight, there's like little references we talked about some of them. But when one of Tracks was like doing the double blades in yes. the guy's back, yep. it's a callback to Guardians uh, Two. Guardians Two. So it's just I don't know what to say. I don't. I just don't know what to say. As uh, the Gamora from the past meeting up with with yeah. Star Lord, that one was like like. Oh, let's see how yeah. this happens. Yeah, no. <laughs> he hit her twice in the butt. Yeah, twice. I mean, which also goes to show she really did die. Yeah, not coming back. Not so coming back. Yeah. you know, I assumed she was gonna come back because Guardians Three still exists. But yeah. apparently, Gamora Guardians Three, uh, I guess that's gonna back. be part of the quest. They're gonna have to find the new this new Gamora for them. I might. Be, I was thinking about it. It would be kind of cool too if. Doctor Strange gets involved in this because she is a nominee, a nominee in our universe now, right? She is might she? be. What if she's like a cancer in our universe because she's from a different timeline? What if Doctor Strange is going to force that more to go back to her timeline or something like that? I, I, anyway, this 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 movie does does an incredible job of closing the first twenty two yeah. movie, but then opening the door wide open to for other storylines and stuff right. like that. Oh, anyway, this fight is just unbelievable, man. I just don't know what to say about it. This just so many adjectives I could use and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And the second time I, I saw it, I didn't realize the first time, but the Ravagers are actually in this fight too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did not really notice it, but somebody pointed out to me, yeah, the Ravagers yeah. were yeah. actually there. Like, oh, okay. That's definitely one of the things where I want to kind of pause and take a look and mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and plus, not, not not every actor got the script for the whole movie. I think, I believe it was only Robert Downey Jr. that actually got right, the script right. for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So all these people that showed up in that last battle, they, that's the only part of the script they got. Right. So imagine and then them, yeah. they really don't need a script for that part. You know, it's just like do 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 do. Yeah, action sequence here, oh, so good. Thing. <laughs> oh, it's so it was good. so good. Um, I would say this though. Um, well, okay, this segues to no real movie thing. Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. um, most powerful, one of the most powerful characters in MCU, relegated to holding off a flood. Yeah, the writers are really. You can really see the seams in the writings when they find so many ways. To make Doctor Strange not be involved in this big giant yeah. battle because he's too strong. He's too powerful. Yeah. Which leads me to the other point. Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's the other thing. This movie went so far out of the way to not have her in the movie because she's too strong. Yeah, she's too powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's almost to a ridiculous level. Yeah. And I do, but I do like all his her intros. Uh Tony Stark, as soon as you see the light, I go, it's Captain Marvel. It's Captain yeah. Marvel. And sure, sure enough, it was. Yeah. When when the when the the, the Thanos spaceship uh Changes the direction of the cannons and shoots up in the air. Yeah, like oh shit, she's coming, okay. she's coming. Yeah, and it was actually her because she's that strong. Yeah, Thanos headbutts her. She doesn't fit. Fa- she doesn't even yeah. face. Mm-hmm. But somehow Thanos pushes her away and she's gone all of a sudden. No, no, no. Uh, what cut? Uh, what, what happened? If I remember correctly. Well, first of all, I'll go. I'll back. I'll go back to your Doctor Strange point. Yeah, Doctor Strange was relegated holding down flood. It's it's an important job. It's, it's an that, important job. The flood is all the way through and stuff like that. And but he still had one hand free to do one. Anyway, right. But then when Captain Marvel, because you can't have two all powerful beings fighting, you know, at the same right. time. Anyway, so you get one of the anyway. And going back to the Captain Marvel thing, I it is kind of weird that she says, "Oh, I'll be gone for the most of this." Movie. She has a good excuse. She I give you that. Uh, Avengers are trying to save one planet. She's trying to save multiple planets, and, and it's, it's, yeah. it does fit with her whole thing. Like, oh. She's actually bigger than Earth, you know what I mean? Her right. goals and stuff like Which that. Which makes you wonder why Superman stays stuck in Earth. Wow. <laughs> but 
that's between you know, DC and stuff. Like that. But uh, what I do, and I, I, and I was right when I when I watched Captain Marvel. I said this is going to be a Doctor Strange situation. When I see her the second time, I'm going to like her more, and I liked her more in this movie right. than when she had two hours in her own movie. I don't, I don't know why. But anyway, uh, going back to her fight with Thanos, so I think the the implication is basically. Uh, her, she was holding her his hand, so he couldn't use the fist. She couldn't use the yeah. He, he couldn't, couldn't use he the couldn't fist. Do the snap, yeah. So so there was one on one. Uh, Thanos Prime versus uh, what do you call it? Uh, is that what you call him? Thanos Prime. Well, you know the the because it's not the past the Thanos. Yeah, yeah. It's not the, <laughs> the past Thanos. This is the strongest. The strongest version of Thanos. The strongest version of Captain Marvel. One on one, she wins and stuff like that. But did you see the fact that when he, she he took the Power Stone out of the glove yes. and punched her with yes. it? So I think what what they're, what they're saying is. She, the only way he can beat her is by using Infinity Stone. Yeah, using Infinity Stone. And the thing is, her whole thing is that she's a little bit more of a blunt instrument. You know what I mean? Right. She's just out there just wrecking ships and stuff like that. But right. Thanos is still a clever and smart fighter. Actually, the, from what I can tell from this fight, there's two people that she Thanos can't beat one on one. Number one is uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. And also Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch was winning that fight. Yeah. Before he summoned the bombs and stuff like that. Yeah. Because he because she can't he can't touch her and stuff like that. Yep. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So that's the impression that I got and stuff like that. So I think those are actually the I think those two plus Doctor Strange are probably the three. No, those three. The Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Scarlet Witch which are, are established to be the most powerful yeah. characters they have. It's not Thor anymore because he's yeah, well, not only that, but Tori has always been brute strength anyway. Yeah. Brute strength plus lightning, yeah. right? Uh, Scarlet Witch, her call, her holdback is that she's not mentally mental. stable yeah, to, no. to yeah. control her powers. Right. But this is kind of establishing that, hey, she has more of a grasp of her powers now. Mm-hmm. She's almost stopped the strange levels in terms yeah. of like what she could do, yeah. right? And then, and, and then Captain Marvel uh, overshadows Iron Man and Thor in terms of brute strength. Yeah. You know? So it, it is, it'll be very weird for how the writers are going to handle these characters in the future. When they, because they're too strong. That's because of Superman especially Marvel. Captain Marvel and stuff. Like that. Especially that, Captain Marvel. And that's yeah. why Captain Marvel has to stay in space because you don't yeah. know the you know space. How, they have an excuse on why they're powerful beings out there. Yeah, exactly. They got that. That's just strange because it's all magic and stuff like that. You can kind of get way, way right. With it, you know what I mean? It does more different, different magic. But Scarlet Witch, I think, is still a problem. Yeah, but her, but her that takes that's also tricky writing because her whole whole back would be like all mental, you know, what right? I mean? All stuff like that. So I think she. I think did you also notice that each of those three powerful beings were because of Infinity Stones? Yeah, mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch from the Mind Stone, uh, Captain Marvel from the from the Space Stone, mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange from the Time Stone. Yeah. So the, the reason why they're extra powerful is because they had influence from the stone, the stone itself. Yeah. yeah. And which which brings me a nice segue to the final person that 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 that. That had a shot to defeat Thanos, and it's Iron Man. Right. At, at the end of the day, this is something uh, very sneaky about the Marvel Universe and this movie and stuff. Like that. Another theme, underlying theme, is is about intelligence. It's about human ingenuity and stuff. Because like at the end of the day, the person who won the battle is Iron Man. He doesn't have super serum. He doesn't have any powers from the Infinity Stone. It's just a man and his suit and his brain and stuff. Like like that. Batman of <laughs> exactly and stuff. Like that. You know, that's un- if you rewatch the movie and stuff like that. Even even this movie, you rewatch it. A lot of this, a lot of the scenes is just them figuring out. At, at some point, the Avengers did homework. You know what I mean? Right. Figuring out where the different time zone. One again, one underlying message of the Marvel, not just this Marvel movie, but the Marvel comic books and stuff. Like that. It's very human based and stuff. Like that. It's very science based and about cleverness and intelligence and human ingenuity and stuff like that. And you know, so at the end of the day. Iron Man wins the day. Like I said, he's not a god. He's not a super soldier. He didn't get any of the stones and stuff. He just outsmarted uh, uh, Thanos. Because the, the the glove that uh, Thanos was using this time was Iron Man's nanotech. 
So he did yes. like a little sneaky, a little sneaky. He, st- he, sneak, he sneaked over there, and then he says the iconic line, uh, I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. As a response to Thanos, I am inevitable, was, I think, or something like that. Right. Something like that. It's, it's, it's that, just yeah. brilliant. It, that, that, that to me made me Which is kind of funny, because, I mean, Thanos wouldn't get any kind of reference either. Because, I mean, throughout the whole battle... You know, like you took everything away from me. Like I don't even know you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know. Yeah. he's like because he's the past Thanos. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> but he does know their their future, where timeline led to this death and stuff like that. But he's that's what he said. Yeah, I am never. I'm lead this death. I am death or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? This and so, so that's why he said. Anyway, uh, it's just it's just an iconic line from. I think from, it is. I am inevitable. I am inevitable. I think something. I'm pretty sure it's that. It's great. It's yeah. great. It's great stuff. And the thing is. It wasn't none of that, but it's a full circle thing. Iron Man, the MCU started with Iron Man, it ends with Iron Man. Yeah. Well, not ends, but, you know. Yeah. It yeah, wraps I, it up the it's, 10 it's plus years. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And if you really want to do a deep dive on the, on the these two characters, I'm talking about Thanos and Iron Man, you should do a lot of YouTube videos. So what I'm about to say is not so original to me and stuff like that, but there's YouTube videos where they do deep dives on the character, character motivation. Thanos, Thanos and Iron Man are both... Uh, father figure characters, you know what I mean in in the in the in the MCU. Okay. All the all the Thanos followers are called children of Thanos, right? Yep. You know what I mean. And then he has a specific interpretation of how life goes, and like of most father figures, he's trying to impose the future on his children. You know what I mean? You're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. You know what I mean? I have to kill half the universe because the universe doesn't work that way. So he's imposing his will on the future uh, as a father figure, and then Iron Man is the futurist. You know what I mean? He's also doing the same thing as Thanos, but in a different way. Remember, he wants to put an iron suit around the world and stuff like that. He wants right. to get ahead of things. So he is, he's on top of the fact that he's the father of the MCU, and so it works on different levels and stuff like that. So when the two combatants snap their fingers, it's 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 those two things. You know what I mean? And Thanos loses is because he doesn't have, uh, he, it, his he doesn't have true love, you know. What I mean, he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have you know. He didn't he didn't have uh, the same arc as Iron Man because when he first says I am Iron Man in the first movie, he's not surrounded by anybody. You know what I mean? But at, when he says it this time, he's surrounded by his wife. He has a daughter now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He has a bunch of friends. He's created a different legacy for himself and this stuff. And so what the movie is saying, the underlying theme is that's why Iron Man wins and stuff like that. So again, I don't want to say this is my original idea. You can do YouTube videos. Do, that would make this case well, no, it, it is interesting I mean you could argue that um, that Captain America to Iron Man is like Nebula yeah you know mm-hmm. somebody who who was helping Iron Man but mm-hmm. then be- betrays him in quotes yeah. you know Nebula betrays him also but yeah yeah and also something that's also Gamora very, too I guess also something that's very interesting this one I, I saw oh I think the two key, the two key scenes from this movie and also Infinity War is getting the Soul Stone you know what I mean when Thanos Gets a soul stone in Infinity War. He he has a perverse version of love. He throws his child up up there and stuff like that. And then, but in this one, you know, our heroes win the day just because they were selfish. They want to volunteer. They 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 want to sacrifice themselves for the greater good for this for his friends. You know what I mean? Yep. So that that those are those two scenes are parallel. And also, if you look at uh, Thanos, his two daughters. He actually loses both daughters. You know what I mean? Yep. He loses both daughters in you know, different timelines, but he loses both daughters. And the reason why he also lost this war is because he didn't have a good relationship with uh, Gamora and Nebula. Because yeah. remember, Gamora had the gauntlet from Hawkeye and stuff like that. And if if he had a better relationship with with uh, Gamora, Gamora wouldn't have freed Nebula, and they wouldn't have teamed up and grabbed the gauntlet and stuff like that. Correct. So the so basically, he loses because of his the relationships and because of his worldview and stuff like that. You know what I mean? 
Uh, speaking of Gauntlet, how did how did Tony Stark get the Infinity Stones from Thanos without Thanos noticing? Uh, I think it's just like I said, the, the glove is made from uh, Thanos' glove is made from uh, uh, Iron Man's na- nanotech. Yes, and then when they were kind of like wrestling and they were holding each other, it just like like venom, like. But wasn't up. wasn't the stones already tuned in to Thanos though? No, I don't think he had a chance to close it or something. Like that. It, it doesn't really matter. Is I, that how it works? I know. Okay, when yeah. Professor Hulk put it on, mm-hmm. you know, you see it cursing through his body, yeah. like, oh, I feel the power of the stones. Yeah. When Tony Stark puts it on, oh, I feel the power of the stones. Yeah. Did that scene not happen with Thanos? No, yeah, I don't think. He, I think he started to when he was fighting with Captain America. He, uh, Captain Marvel. He was so Captain Marvel was able to pull it away from him enough yeah. that he wasn't able to push it in. That's that's all my, right. That's my all right. Well. That's the only logic, logical thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. speaking of Captain Marvel, going back to this, um, the, the one incredible uh, choreographed sequence where they're they're pretty much top, uh, playing football mm-hmm. with the with the oh, yeah, yeah. with the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Great sequence. Great sequence. It ends with oh yeah yes. It ends with a scene that I think arguably is probably one of the more controversial aspects of the movie. Oh, it's controversial. It's great. It's a great shot. Um, it's a callback. It's a callback to actually to Infinity War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Because Infinity War is like, oh, no, she, she has backup, right? Oh, yeah. And you see all these women so, fight her. This one, she has all these women yeah. back her up. A lot of, you know the fanboys out there are going to be some of them are going to be complaining oh, oh this is so forced. Yeah. Oh, look, women power. And also, it's a callback to uh, the comic books as a reference to a, to a comic book. I'm sorry, it's a force. It's a force from. Uh, it is a force. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, though, it is kind of weird how a big giant battle suddenly all the women happens to be in the same place. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It word? does seem a little forced. It doesn't. Does, it, people people don't say th- uh, people don't say the same thing when a bunch of dudes get together. Well, because only guys are fighting in the field. Yeah, that's exactly. Why. Well, then you answer your own question. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the problem right there. See, exactly. I would say this though. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic. I I, I like that moment because it's, it's the brilliant. person behind me. Literally says, "Go get them, girls." Yeah, that's fantastic. I, it was, it was nice. It's it an incredible nice. shot. It's an incredible shot. It's an incredible thing. And then, actually, and then the way, and then the way she just like uh, Captain Marvel like zooms, zooms past it. It's just, oh, it's right. Good stuff. Yeah, because Captain Marvel was getting also so, oh, so strong. Okay, <laughs> okay. before here, I'll, I'll answer this for the fanboys, uh, the angry fanboys and fan servers and stuff like that. You know, people might complain, oh. Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, of course she's gonna come out here with the with this Iron Man suit. Like, you know, this is like, oh, this is just like uh, uh, catering to the feminists and stuff like that. No. I mean, that's that's actually set up from Iron Man three, three number Iron one. Three, yeah. She used the suit before. And also set up from earlier in the movie. That suit was a uh, uh, Iron Man uh, Tony Stark's anniversary gift yep. to her and then her her their daughter, Morgan, was playing with it and stuff yep. like that. So it's set up from earlier and stuff like that. So I don't think people will complain about that, but but they'll, sure def- that, they'll definitely complain I'm about sure the women power part. I'm sure if you go to Reddit, I'm sure somebody. And also speaking yeah. of Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm not the biggest Gwyneth Paltrow fan as a person because of it's kind of <laughs> yeah. gross and stuff like that. And I'm not, actually, I'm not a big fan of uh, Pepper Potts because kind of the I, we watched Iron Man. Some of the characterization is kind of weird. She's she, at some at one point she's serious. At one point she's like a nervous nilly. Oh, I can't be seen dancing with my boss. And it's kind of weird characterization. But in this one, she nails it. It's it's an unbelievable performance that she. Yeah, she, she you kind of forget she's Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she's fantastic because <laughs> she didn't go for the obvious thing like, oh, no, Tony, I don't want to go. And she actually understood Tony. Right. She actually was actually very calm, very cool. She was in the moment with her. Yeah, and and, like and the line she does like like you can you can rest now, you can rest. Now. You yeah. can rest now. Which beautiful. is a nice callback to Iron Man three when yeah. when he was having PTSD and he could not rest because of yeah. what he and the entire his entire storyline, his entire storyline is his brain because of the guilt of his selling the arm. He can't rest. He, he he's doing everything that and his need to protect the world, yeah. and all that stuff. And if, and, and uh, this is another case where even if even if he didn't see the other Iron Man movies in this movie, yeah, 
he's given a choice where he could just let it go. He has a perfectly great life, but he can't rest. He sees Peter Parker's picture. He's still doing. He's working on a time machine thing. He can't. He can't rest. Yeah, he has about. a he has a full character arc in this movie. It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. So he has a full character arc. Captain America has a full character arc as well. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. The only one that doesn't complete his arc from the original trilogy is probably Fat Thor. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. Because remember, no, this his, his, his continuing on. You know, his story yeah. continues on, but yeah. in terms of like the trilogy that was established for him, he's yeah. always been burdened by the fact that he has to be Asgard's next ruler, mm-hmm. and he finally just realized that he can just let it go. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Right, Remember that, that? That was his the That's lesson. Fair That's fair enough. You know, he he did the whole like I learned something today. You know, yeah. I don't have to be the guy. Oh, yeah. that's another thing that the angry fanboys are gonna play. Oh, sure, have have oh, Valkyrie yeah. be yeah. the leader of Asgard. Yeah. She oh, has a Pegasus. Of course, she she should be queen. <laughs> God damn it! If you have a Pegasus, you get to be queen. That's my rule. It's like, oh, sure. Yeah, a female Pepper Potts yeah. gets to be the next Iron Man. And oh, and then after Tony's uh, death, which is just iconic, it's just it's it's unbelievable. Him snapping his finger, saying Iron Iron Man again. It's just it's it's rare that one line. Gets used twice, and both times are iconic. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is—I I just love that scene. I've seen—I've seen it twice. Like I said, it's every time it makes me choke up and cry and stuff. But even the the funeral scene, it's which is incredible with the with the thing with the reef. Uh, this is this is proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Yep. And then there's a, a one shot zoom with past all the different characters and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's ending with Nick Fury. Ending with Nick Fury, just yeah. like Avengers ending. It's just beautiful. Cause again, this is going back to the writers and the directors. Picking up threads from the different franchises. If you rewatch uh, the Iron Man movie, it's all about his legacy. He 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 didn't want to have a legacy of being an arms dealer, being responsible for all those hundreds and millions of deaths and stuff like that. But in this one, in that one shot, that's his legacy. Now he launched not just like literally like Marvel Studios, but he literally help create all these superheroes, you know what I mean? And that's his legacy now. The people that, that showed up at his funeral, those those people will protect the earth and save lives versus what he did for most of his life, which is sell arms and stuff like that. It's it's a beautiful shot, you know? It's good stuff. It is. I, I was kind of wish the hologram scene in the end didn't exist. Because like if that was his last line in the movie, that, that would have been perfect. Oh, I am, I am, yeah. yeah. But technically, it is kind of his last line in the sense that it's his in life. Oh, sure, sure, you know sure, I mean? sure. But the hologram, yeah, I, I liked it because it he said... I love you three thousand to the to the kids stuff like that. Too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and yeah, which is a nice callback to the the Iron three thousand yeah, exercise heard, machine I, or whatever. I heard that online. I, yeah, yeah. there's an Easter egg. But yeah. yeah, but it's good. I, I I liked it. It's just it's just boy. Yeah, this I I would actually argue this is probably my favorite MCU movie. It might be, yeah. Yeah, it, it just really might be because it, it really does cover every base that I expect from a really good movie. Uh-huh. It does. It's not full on action. It has action. It's just great. But it has those character moments that I really look for, and mm-hmm. and any criticism about MC movies about not having a lot of character moments, this has them in space. I mean, a lot of character moments. It's, a, it's yeah. all character stuff. It's all, and all you were do. not bored. Yeah, I will argue with you. Some people will say the first twenty minutes were kind of boring. I would not say that. I, I was all in from beginning till end, and I could have stayed another hour if yeah. they needed me to. Yeah, actually, the the I saw I've seen online. I don't know if I agree, but I've seen online the one relationship that sort of gets shortchanged is. Uh, Captain America and Bucky. They all they just had a little hug and stuff at the end, but that's all they had. Uh, which is which is, and they say that's not really enough considering the fact that they went to civil war because of Bucky and all this stuff and stuff. But I thought I thought. It was oh fun. yeah, speaking of Captain America and Bucky and Falcon, 
So yeah. Falcon, oh sure, have a black guy be Captain America. Anyway, so yeah. so they so they so yeah, so he fastened the shield actually, over to Bucky. To, but, uh, okay, Falcon. so that's a racist argument. Oh, give Captain America to Bucky. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, it's just being put correct. Oh, but all the social justice thing. Yeah, but if you're a black man, you go, oh, he gets to be Captain America. Oh, but it's on TV. Really? He gets it's, it's the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, he does. He can't get a real movie. Do you think it's a fake out? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think the TV show? Falcon and Winter Soldier is a fake out title because they, they don't want to reveal that Falcon is not Captain America. Then it's going to be Captain America and the Winter Soldier? I don't know. That'd be a cool title. I don't know. Action. Marvel hasn't said anything because they're still, they're still keeping mum, right? Yeah. So maybe like a few weeks down the line or a few months down the line, they're going to go, they, they, they just won't even say Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're going to actually say Captain America and, and Winter Soldier or something other, some other title. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point, actually. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because remember, know. they did say that, that, that from this point on, the MCU TV shows are going to be mandatory viewing to get the full MCU experience. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I wish they could have said that about Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, you know. I know. All <laughs> the people that did the Marvel TV shows before this, like, what the hell, man? What's going on? Because the thing with Kevin Feige is, like, if you wanted to, he could just eliminate nothing because it's so clean. Nothing about the TV shows are tied to the movies. I mean, going this way, you know what I mean? It's, as far as like, you know, so they, it's, a, it's a clean cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could just literally say, oh, there's no cut. You know, none of the, the TV stuff has existed before. So I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I definitely do think. All right. So uh, I'll just, let's just wrap up. It's a great movie. I, I think I don't know where I rank it, but I might cheat in the future and just put Infinity War and this at sync, you know, whatever, you know what I mean. I just might tie the two together, but oh, I think this is better than Infinity War for me for sure. There's My biggest problem with Infinity War wasn't it was because it didn't have enough character moments, yeah. and a lot of the characters in the movie it was under the assumption you knew who they were. They didn't really yeah. spend that much time with them. They were just. Action sequence. But my whole thing about judging movies is also about how revolutionary it is. I think it's really revolutionary that the uh, Infinity War oh, it was followed, followed yeah. Thanos and he was the hero, quote unquote, yeah. hero and stuff like that. You know, and the way that ended with the snap. Oh, right. we haven't even mentioned they end this movie and, with a snap too, but Thanos gets his. Thanos gets snapped out. Of oh, true, true, true. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, the ending really was Captain America and Peggy yeah, sure, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know. But this, the, the, my whole thing with this movie is that third, third act. I don't know if it's ever going to be duplicated or ever be topped. You know what I mean? Not just like Marvel Wars. You know, I mean in the Marvel universe. But if you're if you're Star Wars, do you go? What the hell, guys? How, well, what the hell? Star Wars did try that, and it was for Attack of the Clones. Remember the big giant Jedi battle? That was supposed to be their moment. How that worked out? But right? it didn't really leave that kind yeah. of an impact, though. Yeah. As hey, opposed to this. If you're in DC, you're like, "What the hell, guys? What, what, how are we gonna top this? This is like this is to me uh, Aquaman's third act of the whole thing was was unbelievable. The special effects was just yeah. as good. But I but I didn't care about any of the people that that, right. that lived or died in that Aquaman thing. You know what I mean? And also, if you're DC, you're like, hey, hey, hey. Zack Snyder, is this what you were trying to do with Justice League? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 Endgame was patience rewarded. Yeah, and then yeah, if you're a DC, you guys, oh, this is why you're patient. This is why you have to give each individual move, each character a movie first before you bring them all together and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know. I don't know how any. Uh, let's just go back to the MCU. I don't know in the next phase, whatever they do it, I, they can't do something that tops this, right? They have to go something that underneath. They can't use Galacticus or anything like that. They, they have to go something. Yeah, they they gotta use Galactus. <sighs> But this is that's that's still five years away yeah. though. Kevin Feige has already said has nothing to do with Fox yeah. for five years yeah, because they were they were already planned five years. Yeah, which is kind of impressive. You think about it, they already have the next five years plan, and yeah. 
My God, what's that going to be like? I don't know, man. I have no <laughs> idea. But whatever it is, I don't, this can't lead to another big giant battle in, New, of, in stateside New York, right? I don't know how they... It's got to be space. They got to do something in space, right? But then how are you going to get Kung Fu in space? You know what I mean? Shang-Chi. Oh, that's true, Shang-Chi. Yeah. I don't know. I'm maybe, excited. Or maybe it really will just be a quieter, a quiet, not a quieter, but you yeah. know, a, a, a less, a less like world ending scale, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But they could do a, a you've read, have you read Annihilation? Oh no, yeah, they could do that. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's pretty cool. I, that's but then wouldn't that be a retro, retread of, oh, aliens invading. Yeah. No, but the thing is you can do a, like an alien invading, but they're not invading Earth though. They, they have people, have, they have to spend the whole movie in space. Well, you know, I think, I think, I still think people still want to see a Secret Wars. They want to see which, which, which Secret Wars. Well, that's the thing, though. But the whole concept with Secret Wars is they just people want to see heroes and heroes fight. Yes, Civil War did yeah, that, but now they can do it in a bigger scale. Yeah. Doesn't look like they, they're gonna do scrolls now, right? And they can still do scrolls. They can still do scrolls. They can still do Kree. My guess is something to do with internals has to play a big part, right? Something like that. I think they do some version of going uh, going uh, cosmic before James Gunn had that little hiccup. Remember, he was actually planning cosmic stuff. I think with Feige right. and stuff like that. Because I know Kevin's. I know. Uh, well, Kevin Feige wanted space stuff. Yeah, I know. And James Gunn's favorite story. One favorite is that annihilation, uh, nihilist storyline. Well, well maybe like they might they might end up there, but then that's that. still a Fox property. So not anymore. Well, yeah, but five years down the line. Yeah, you gotta wait know. for that. We'll so see. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that that. Oh, Let's just do this prediction. Do you think they're going... Right now, Marvel does three movies a year now, right? They're not going to do that next year because of the whole Guardian of the Galaxy thing. They'll go back to three movies eventually a year. Do you right. think they bump it up to four to, to accommodate Fox do, properly? Do, do you want to do all seasons? A movie for all seasons? I would I'd Feb- be it. February, April, July, and, and November? November, yeah. But the thing is with November, that's, that's Disney. Wait, that's this year. No, no, there, no, was, no, there no, was there was no November. No, 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 I'm talking about in the future in a couple years down the right, line. Right, right, Because right. right now the the schedule got a little bit of a hiccup because Guardians of the Galaxy can't be released next year. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. It's just because at some point they have to go to four. Because how else are you going to accommodate the the the, the X Men stuff? Well, right. I think five years is good. It's a good amount of time to to to, to as a gap between. Um, the current X Men and the do they do uh, X Men stuff or do oh, this is not part of the review? But do you do X Men or do you do Fantastic Four? I want to see Fantastic Four. Yeah, I want to see a good Fantastic Four movie first before before we delve you, into other stuff. You want to mention your pitch for Fantastic Four? I don't really have a pitch. I thought you, you had one before. Well, my pitch is the ultimate the ultimate Fantastic Four storyline. I I think I think that 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 version was actually did actually did a good job. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I m- misspoke. I, how do you get the Fantastic Four into you, into this universe? You mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my they, they, I have two pitches. They can they could either one now. they they could either do the whole thing where the Fantastic Four were around in like you know uh, before Iron Man showed up, yeah. right? And then but they went out into space and they had their adventures and now they're just coming back. Mm-hmm. Problem with that pitch, Captain Marvel exists. Yeah. Captain Marvel has been around for 50, for twenty years yeah. already in the universe. She should have run into Fantastic Four, yeah. right? So, so that, that that kind of goes away. The other the other version I could think of is this: the Fantastic Four comes out from this from the End Game stuff, and then suddenly we have new heroes. Yeah, my idea is it's actually based on the classic all new Fantastic Four. Remember you remember that one right with the Spider Man, Wolverine. Uh, Ghost Rider Hulk, oh, drew, okay. drew by Arthur Adams. What, what's going to happen is one of the fanta- one of the original Fantastic Fours uh, comes back, comes into this universe and stuff like that. Sue Sue Storms, let's just say that, and she says, "Oh, the Fantastic Four are missing. I need your help." So they take four existing heroes from the MCU 
they call it the new Fantastic Four. They go in a search for the original Fantastic Four, and then you, you, you split the difference. Everybody wins. So you get the Fantastic Four of the old and the new uh, Fantastic Four based on our MCU heroes. I think that's I think that would do that. Okay. A mix like a Black Panther has a history with uh of Fantastic Four, right? He's one of them that searches Spider Man stuff like that. It's a, it's called the Search for Fantastic Four. That'd be great. But I think you're right though, because they've had X Men good X Men movies. You know what I mean? I think they can fact, wait. Yeah, they yeah, can, they can wait. Get just let Ryan Reynolds do his thing, uh, and then just get the Fantastic Four right and get Silver Surfer right. That's that's much more more important than anything else. I think Silver Surfer was was fine. I think it was the Galactus that I had a problem with. Uh, you want the big, you want the big purple helmet, huh? We gotta have that. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want Doctor Doom's really good, man. Doctor Doom. Oh, that Doctor Doom as well. We not need to have a, a proper Doctor Doom. Not even Doctor Doom versus Fantastic Four. I, my whole thing would be Doctor Doom versus Wakanda and stuff, Black Panther and stuff like that. Two countries going to at war with each other. Chef's kisses and stuff like that. Mole Man. Who doesn't like a Mole Man? <laughs> okay, well, clearly we already hey, segued hey, out, hey, of, out of our Endgame section. It's a great here. movie. What else have we? Have we? Have we? Uh, what, what else did we not else? cover that we should mention? That I, I really don't remember. It's a three-hour goddamn movie, man. Do we cover everything? Iron Man's death, Black Widow's death, uh, Hawkeye. Oh, Vision is still dead. But yeah, that's one. So I, I guess surprised. he was never really alive. Yeah. He really was just an AI construct. Yeah, I thought they would have a little moment with Shuri where it says, oh, at the end, I, th- I thought Shuri would go to Scarlet where it says, oh, here's his Vision. Could that be the TV show? Yeah. Could that be the TV show? Maybe. Wanda, Wanda gets Shuri to help rebuild uh, the Vision. Here's a, here, here's, without, here. the, without the Mind Stone. Yeah. Here's a hard drive. There's <laughs> this vision's all right here. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a good point. Yeah, they never mentioned they never mentioned the uh, vision in this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did. You know, when she talked to Thanos, he took everything away from oh, me, yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So yeah. that was their mission. Yeah. Much. And I guess she's tied. I guess she's tied with the Soul Stone in some way because of the Infinity Stone thing. Yeah, she's always she she understands that 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 Gamora and Black Widow are are in the Soul Stone or whatever. But you know what's interesting? Yeah. But what's interesting is, so yeah, you mentioned she. Doctor Strange, they all have these relationships. Have the Marvel, they have always the the Infinity Stone. Yeah, the but, most but the thing one. is, the stones don't exist in the present timeline anymore, right? They're gone. Right, but their powers already were already taken. Is it, stone. Right. So they, it's not a thing where they have to keep siphoning into their being. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's no different than gamma, the, the gamma bomb. Oh yeah, you know, fair. it's like uh, the Hulk doesn't have to keep gamma radiation on him. That's another call. Uh, sorry, that's another callback to the first Avengers when when uh, Professor Hulk. Says, "Oh, I was built for this. Remember the reason why they called uh, Bruce Banner is because the Finney's, the 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 Tesseract gave off gamma radiation and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a, a call back to Josh Whedon's writing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is there. Which is kind of ironic too, because Josh Whedon actually did not lay the groundwork for the rest of the MCU after he left. Mm-hmm. He just planted the seeds. Yeah. And then and then uh, the Russos and and McFeely and Marcus." Uh-huh. Uh, Mark, they were yeah. the ones that, that, that took the yeah. ball and went with it. And Marvel's at that crossroad again right now. The, uh, Mark Smith Feely, the Russo brothers planted a lot of seeds in this one. And it's going to be up to the next writers and stuff. To but what, what again was the, the dream storyline that, that uh, the Russos wanted to do? Secret Wars. They want Secret, Secret Wars. They also do want a Secret Wars. Yeah. Okay. They say right. they want to come back and do the Secret Wars if they ever do that. But they, sec- like, they like the spectacles. But the Secret War is the one with the heroes of fighting heroes? Are we talking about heroes of fighting heroes. heroes. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the first one. Because the the Beyonder shows up, <laughs> do you think they'll ever introduce the Beyonder? That that, that that seems a little too much, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I didn't think they would introduce uh, Ego for, for the planet of the mustache. No, but come but on, they... that, that's, that's that's still a living construct. That can you can kind of see, you know, a space thing. But the Beyonder is gone. 
How do you introduce a god character into a real god character into the MCU? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find out when we watch Internals. That's the that might be the more important. But the Internals are more connected to be the Celestials, which is still something that is like a a physical construct yeah. that you can actually see. But the Beyonder is is almost too impossible to a, to put on screen. Yeah. It gets really abstract after a while. There's well, a reason why he, you don't see him come back in the comic books because the writers have no idea what to do with the guy. Well, you're the guy who wants to big, have a big giant guy with a big giant helmet. You know, like Galactic is all right. But still a physical, <laughs> a physical construct. Yeah, you can, you can easily see. Yeah. yeah, I know. Are they going to do... Inter- inter- what, are the, what are the other co- big cosmic being constructs? The Beyonder, the Eternity. Uh, the Living Tribunal. The, the Living Tribunal, That's something that, that, Well, the easy thing there is that the Living Tribunal is just like... He's an embodiment. Yeah. He doesn't have to be involved in anything, so he's not going to be a villain or a hero. Yeah. He's just there. Oh my god! All right, we'll Mephisto see. though they can bring him. They can bring Mephisto. Mephisto, I would. I definitely think uh, Nightmare will come into play pretty soon with Doctor Strange and stuff like that. They could, actually, what I want is actually I want the well, Dope. Dormammu is pretty much the build up from Doctor Strange. Yeah, we got to see more of Dormammu. Dormammu and stuff like that. Uh, well, Dormammu is kind of a construct, right? So kind yeah, of but he's still a physical face. Face, face, yeah, face yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, no, I'm just saying that the Beyonder technically is an unstoppable being. Yeah, he has, he has, he's the Infinity Gauntlet times a thousand. Yeah, that's the Beyonder. Yeah. So there's no way you can have him as a villain. Are, Too we're impossible. Doing, we're doing MCU predictions. <laughs> Not that they have Fantastic Four back. They have the Ultimate Nullifier now and stuff like that. Uh, well, that'll that, come into play with with Galactus. Yeah, the one, uh, the one I was looking forward to. I hope they. Do more follow up with is actually the Nova Core. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do with Nova Core and stuff. Like that. I don't think you should, you necessarily need Rick Ryder as the Nova Core. Oh, I, guess they, I guess they could introduce a Nova though. They could do it. They could introduce a Nova. They could do it. You should do the Nova. Like, I, like that could be Marvel's way of introducing as a kid character. They can use like the the modern Nova, which is a kid, right? Yeah. That that could like, that, that could be their Shazam, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's an easy way to start a franchise too because you start a Nova movie with the destruction of. Uh, the, what's the planet called? Which they never, which you never showed you never saw. the destruction. Yeah. yeah, that's a way to bring back Thanos. And a yeah, bit I, don't, too. I don't remember the planet either. But yeah, oh, I forgot. No, shoot, I forgot. But anyway, that's I, I like I didn't know, I always like the Nova Core and stuff like that. I hope they bring, to bring it back at some, at some point. What yeah. else? Is it? I think that's it. I can't think of anything yeah. else. We're, we're, we're now going to speculations now. So yeah, that's it, guys. All right, thanks for listening. This was episode two hundred and thirty-four of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who What Works Why Network. <laughs>